Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. They let me pick. Did I ever tell you that? Choose whichever Spartan I wanted. You know me. I did my research. Watched as you became the soldier we needed you to be. Like the others, you were strong and swift and brave. A natural leader. But you had something they didn't. Something no one saw but me. Can you guess? Luck. Was I wrong? Game starts out, you say, oh, this is Starry Night. I've seen this before. I've seen this in the commercial. But this is not Starry Night. This is Chief, ass on fire on a metal piece of whatever he crash lands you're like oh shit he's dead and even sergeant johnson's like yeah pick him up oh, no yeah you're not oh he's <laughs> not dead and then you see arbor i don't know if everyone's forgotten about this but how hype it was when you started halo 3 and you realized like i knew arbiter should have been a friend i knew he was gonna be our friend he's our friend we're rolling as and that's exactly what you do right you roll through the levels you roll through the first levels with your new bud arbiter and you kick some ass you save some buds and then you've got a Huge problem. I remember exactly what I thought when that flood-filled Covenant Cruiser comes out of the portal. I was like, oh, shit. This is the worst possible thing that can happen. You stop the outbreak. You fly to the Ark. Does everyone remember how hype it was to go to the Ark for the first time? Like, this is, that is how I would sum up Halo 3. It was one hype thing to another hype thing. So hype. (laughs) I don't know if I would call the Cortana mission hype. Those polyps are (laughs) disgusting, man. I still think of those all the time and like don't tell me you didn't punch every single one you found you know you went and you popped them all man like bad zits on the wall and then you close (laughs) it out with what i don't know in my head was just like the perfect ending it closed out the trilogy Halo 3 also holds a special place in my life because that was actually during the time like in middle of high school where i was kind of undergoing like a rebranding amongst my friends trying to be i don't know more cool less geeky and so i had actually abandoned most of like my video game like interest, but it was the marketing campaign, man. Those the human the, hu- mu- the museum of humanity and then the believe trailer, man. I don't know if I was I've ever been so emotional from a 
you know, trailer, a marketing piece. It's like I was like Frodo in the spider's web and like the marketing campaigns like Samwise Ganji with the light, you know, like plowing through, saving my ass. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would say Halo 3 saved me, but it, it reached me at a time where a lot of the things that I previously loved weren't reaching me, you know. And also, I'll be honest, I didn't beat the game on her, on Legendary. So after the heroic ending, I was I was in a crisis for a while, man. I was like, oh, shit. You know, Chief, what happened to Chief? I want to say it was like a couple months until I finally found out about the Legendary ending. Because, you know, I was too embarrassed to, like, say anything about it to my friends that I liked Halo. It turned out all my friends loved Halo, too. But finally, one of them was like, no, shit, dude, if you played the Legendary ending, there's this different ending, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out, like, aha, you know. Not done yet, baby. Anyway, what a game. What a time. And that's not even to say all the multiplayer memories, right? Does he usually mention me? <laughs> Dude, that, <laughs> hey, that was our hey, buddy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, shout out to our buddy, Anthony Nicolosi, for kicking this awesome, fun episode off here at the Sacred Icon Koala Podcast. Koala Entertainment. That's right. A K.O. Koala Entertainment. I'm Jovial Joshi. That's Brian Arvett. And Brian, what are we here to talk about today, as per what Anthony Nicolosi just so beautifully mm. put? We're going to talk about that sweet, sweet launch of Halo 3, what that, that was sweet, like. Sweet, sweet, beautiful, Ooh. beautiful, nostalgic trip down memory lane. The marketing, the build-up, dude, it was unlike anything else. Anthony's already touched on it. It was just like this hype train beyond belief all the way to the game, and then the game itself was just like a hype train right to the end. And, you know, he mentioned how, like, he was trying to like kind of be cool and, and be cool in high school and stuff and like get away from his geeky stuff. But the thing I remember about this time, at least in my high school, I don't know about you, Josh, was when Halo 3 was coming out. All everybody was talking about Halo 3. Like the cool kids, the non-cool kids. I mean, it was it was just a phenomenon. It was so awesome. Yeah, it was a crazy time. Um I was I had moved like a little bit prior to that. It, it was it was so crazy. I had gotten Xbox Live in like 2006, so I was I got into Halo 2's online experience at the back end of its, you know, uh, run. So then Halo 3's getting ready to come out. I move out, um, I moved out to Iowa with my dad. So then I'm away from everybody. So then Xbox Live is like what's keeping me all together with everyone connected and everything. And all my friends are excited for this experience. So everything's coming down to this. Comes out September 25th. And my birthday is on the, the 29th, guys. So uh, I had everything put in, all my hopes, my dreams, <laughs> everything was put in to Halo 3. I'm talking like uh, I, I'd asked for the game for my birthday. I'd asked for the uh, for the headset. Man, I still miss those wireless headsets. Those yeah, were so good. Man. Remember how tiny they were in? Oh. Yeah, those those were really cool. Man, there was just like I, – I, and I've touched on this story in the past, but I'll kind of be more elaborate now since it's on topic. But – you know, I was a huge fan of Zelda growing up, and when I when Zelda Twilight Princess was announced, I started waiting for that game years before it came out. And then the Wii was announced, and I was like, okay, well, do I get the GameCube version of Twilight Princess or the Wii version? And I was like, I'm going to get the Wii version. I'm really excited for the Wii. And all through the year 2006, I was like, got to get the Wii, got to get Twilight Princess. And then one day, my buddy texts me. He's just like, yo, the, a trailer for Halo 3 dropped. And I'm like, hey, Halo 3? Okay. Oh, I gotta go check this out right now. And I went and I watched that original Halo 3 trailer. And the second I got done watching it, like my parents had known I was hyped for the Wii and Twilight Princess all this time. And the second that trailer dropped, I'm like, screw the Wii. I'm not getting the Wii anymore. I am going to start saving for an Xbox 360 yeah. so I can make sure I have Halo 3 next year. I still got Twilight Princess on my GameCube. Love that game. 
but it was all about Halo Three. It changed everything, and uh, just just the we're gonna we're gonna get into that more as this podcast goes on. Uh, Josh, you gonna give something to say? Yeah, I was gonna cut in and say that was actually I think a big selling point for the 360 because I feel like so many people have a story of them getting a 360 for Halo Three. Xbox doesn't start till the Halo comes out. That's how I. That's see right, it. man. That's right. Uh, Justin, who's been on the show before, guys, uh, my cousin Brian's friend, uh, he. I remember he was saving up around that time just to get a 360. I mean, he was trying to do any bit of yard work. It didn't matter if he was getting a nickel. Like, this dude was trying to get every penny he could to get this console. It was just, that was it. You know what I mean? That was, like, the peak of, of like, for us at the time, it was, like, the peak of what we wanted to do in our lives was just get a 360, play Halo 3, you know? And it's crazy to think about, but now I, I look on that with fondness because I think... I think like we all wouldn't that be just amazing? Let's all live in the Shire and let's all just play Halo games together for the rest of our days. But uh, yeah, still Go to ahead. this day, man, hype. I've never been more hyped than I have for Halo Three. And I'm about to say something ridiculous, but I'll explain to you guys. I have never. I bet it's not going to sound ridiculous to me well, though. Let's see. Yeah, because Josh is pretty cool about that stuff. But Halo Three is the most hyped I've ever been for anything in my life, even to this day. It was even more hype, like building up to my wedding day, and that that's that's the part where it sounds like crazy. But let me let me explain to you guys. When I was waiting for Halo 3, I was 15 years old. So for me, I had all these unrealistic expectations. I'm not talking about just the game being good. I mean, I wanted, I was so hyped for this game, I was expecting it to do nothing short of changing my entire outlook on life. Like, literally changing it. And so, Halo 3, like, it needed to do things that were impossible for me. Whereas, like, now, like, getting married, it's like... That's super exciting, super happy day, one of the best days of my life, but I knew what to expect as an adult, like knowing what comes with marriage, like you make these vows, you get married, all that stuff. So it was this time where like the immaturity and the naivety played into the hype. So just to this moment, I never felt anything more hype. And we're going to be all over the place during this episode because we want to touch on every facet of the launch of this game, but oh yes, you know, um, that's something we'll probably come back around onto again as expectations because... My expectations for for Halo 3 were so high, so absolutely just, it was asinine. Would you say they were infinite? They were infinite. They were. They were. (laughs) And um, so, so actually when the game came out the day after or so, I was a little bit disappointed. Now, let me say that wasn't because the game didn't deliver in any way. I still to this day believe Halo 3 delivered on all fronts. Amazing campaign, you know, so many different modes, the multiplayer, the forge. It did live up to the hype, but my hype was just, it was unrealistic. It was just, it was so high. It was something that a game could never do. It was like my life being imposed onto this game. It was just insane. So I want to say for people who maybe felt, because I've seen some on the Twitter, people who felt they were disappointed by Halo 3's launch. I, I challenge you to ask yourself just how hyped you were, because I know for me, while there's always valid criticisms to make about games and movies, and there's there's criticisms to make about Halo 3, uh, for me, I know after I had years to reflect and years to grow in maturity, I was like, you know, Halo 3 did everything you could expect from the end of a trilogy. It was amazing, and it did live up to the hype. Just those expectations ran wild, man. Well, since um, we have so much positive things, to, so many positive things to say about this, um, why don't you tell me about some of the criticisms you had? I remember one of the things you always came back to when we would have discussions long before recording uh, was that the graphics you felt were a little more cartoony, I think? Yeah, this is another example of like something I've been able to reflect on. So I had this really weird opinion when Halo 3 came out. I was like, I thought to myself, Halo 2's graphics looked more realistic. 
And some people would some people would agree with me, but most people are like, dude, Halo 3's graphics are way better. What are you talking about? And I think I've come to around to understanding how I felt at the time. If you look at Halo 2's original graphics, it was kind of going for like realism at the time, like 2004's Xbox, like the capabilities of the Xbox original. It was trying to output the most realistic graphics it could. So if you look at Halo 2 original graphics, it has kind of this more realistic vibe where Halo 3 very intentionally went for an artistic style. And that's one of the game's strengths. Most people love the art of Halo 3. They want more of that. So what ended up happening was I was just expecting to have a more realistic looking Halo. Well, what I ended up getting was a graphically superior, more beautiful Halo that had more of an artistic design. And to be fair, you know, if you look at the series, Halo 2 is the odd one out. You know, Halo 3 kind of harkened back to Halo 1 more. And even now with Infinite, we see that uh, we're kind of going back to that Halo 3 look. And I think the thing is for me is that I started with Halo 2. So that was my first like kind of visual interpretation of the series. So mm-hmm. I was expecting it to go down that route. Ultimately, I think it's good that it didn't because I don't think Halo is meant to look photorealistic. No, but yeah, I love those graphics to this day. I think just the They're way the game good. looks is something is like it kind of solidified why it's my favorite because I, I feel like I feel like in a lot of ways, I always want to say Halo One's my favorite just because uh, I, I every time I play it, I remember it, it's less me. It's less the experience I'm having playing it. And it's more the memory I have of what I was thinking uh, as I was you know, progressing through the story and, and parts I'm playing and stuff. But then I think about Halo threes and everything leading up to it and then the experience I had playing it and just how it looked. Uh, I think because of the beta was like the biggest thing for me. Like it just looked so pretty. I was seeing this next gen Halo and I, I felt like Halo two kind of looked poopy and yeah. I mean, it Halo looked good, but like, yeah. it, I think, yeah, it's like the opposite thing for me. Like, but I see where you're coming from. But like, for, yeah, for me, it was, it was like, uh, some of this looks too, it doesn't look too good. And then I see Halo 3's beta and I'm playing it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, especially when I was on Snowbound and seeing just the snow and everything and the footprints and everything. I was like, oh, it's like, you know, this is a new start, a new I era. I think you can kind of, you can kind of, once you have all the information, you can kind of put the pieces together of what happened. When, when you look at Halo 2's development, they were pushing everything to the limit. The, the narrative, the technology, they were stressed for time. They were trying to do so many different things, the virtual couch, all that stuff. And you saw how much turmoil they went through. So I think when when it came to Halo 3, I feel like they went into Halo 3 with much more realistic expectations and realistic goals. Um, I mean, because Halo 3 wasn't the most visual appealing game in the world when it came out. I mean, obviously it's preference-based, but you could see how someone would make the argument that Gears of War 1 looked better than Halo 3, right, Josh? Would you kind of... Would you get that? Are like I wouldn't I agree with different. it, but I mean, I would understand where they're coming from. Yeah, because it has more of a realistic kind of look to it. It's more, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes people see realistic and gritty as better, even though that's not necessarily an objective thing. Um, but it was Gears of War that kicked off that. As soon as that came out, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, gritty. This is yeah. gonna be dark and gritty." I can't pretty much. Wait. Um, but then also, like, I'm pretty sure it was like Halo 3 on the 360. I think it ran at like 680 or 640p. Like, it didn't even hit a full 720. So, if you kind of look at like how they did the art design, what the graphics looked like, what the resolution was, it felt like they very realistically built that game. And it was able to, if you think about it, Halo 3 came out with like working multiplayer, a fleshed out campaign. It had the four game it had, worked. <laughs> it just all of it this huge package, it all worked. Yeah, it all worked. 
I mean, I think I think Halo three and four, maybe Reach too, but you would know more than I would. Were like the ones that came out didn't have really any issues at launch. They just they had the complete yeah. package. Uh, there was no waiting on other modes and shit. It just boom came. Yeah, for sure. Um, but man, so for Halo three, when I think back to like the launch of that, like obviously, like I said, two thousand six, I saw the announcement trailer, super hyped. But where it really kind of picked up for me was the summer of two thousand seven. After the beta, I didn't get to play. It was too early on. I didn't have broadband. I didn't have the money to just go buy Crackdown. Like everyone I don't else. remember that. That's crazy. I don't remember did you, you telling me that. Did you? I feel like you told me that before, but I don't remember that. It's news to yeah. me right now. Yeah, I didn't have broadband. I didn't have the the You know, I couldn't buy Crackdown just to play whatever. So I'd seen like you know screenshots and videos, of people playing it, super hyped. And over that summer, I worked for my grandpa. I was helping him build a, a building, and he paid me like I worked for like a week, and he paid me like four hundred fifty dollars. And nice. I, was kind of, I was kind of stuck in this uh, position because I was, well, I was about to turn 15, so I was 14 years old, and I had $450 check, and I wanted the 360, but my grandma had told me that it was immature to buy video games at my age, which, as we know, is a load of horse crap now, but I love my grandma. She she means the best. She just, you know, for her, video games weren't a giant thing. So. You don't know the best. <laughs> I'm yeah. She was so, a nice uh, lady. I met her at your wedding. Yeah, yeah. She's she's great. It's just she, you know, she didn't grow up with that kind of thing. So in her mind, it kind of looked like here I was, like getting older, and I was still playing with toys or something, you know. Which there's an argument to be made for that as well. But so I was kind of stuck because she was like, "Why don't you buy a laptop or something? You're going to need it for college and blah 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 blah." And I was like, "You know, a laptop would be really cool, but man, 360 Halo 3." So would I kind of a lot cooler. Yeah. So I brought this conflict to my parents, and Josh can vouch for how awesome my parents are. My parents. The way they solved this problem is they were like, one day they were just kind of like, well, why don't you give us your $450 check and, and we'll uh, we'll take care of it. And I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, well, you just you just see, we'll take care of it. And they kind of alluded to like, I'm not going to be disappointed. So they took my $450 check and they went out to Best Buy uh, like a week or two before my birthday. Mm-hmm. And they bought me a laptop and a 360 all in one go. And I think the total price was pro- it was probably a total of you know roughly a little under a thousand bucks. So I paid for I paid for like half of it. It was probably like nine hundred bucks or something. I paid for like half of it, mm. and they brought brought it home, and I got me the laptop and the Xbox, which of course yeah you know, just made me spoiled as all heck. But I was like so happy because I had both. And then like and they didn't buy me any game obviously because they're like okay we just was bought it the arcade you. console the arcade version. Uh no, it was the one with the twenty gig hard drive, and mine came with uh, one of those tennis games. I can't remember what it was called. Um, so all I had was the tennis game and my Xbox original game. So, but I was I was super. super yeah, excited. You, you had the main thing you needed. Yeah, we just, you just me and my brother just started game. co-oping. Uh, just started co-oping Halo Two on it. You're like I oh, got Halo. the license now. I just need the car. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, and of course, I've told this story on the podcast before. I had two red rings in a row, so, like on the day I got it. Uh, so the day you I had got to, it. Yeah, I told you this in the podcast before, Josh. You probably don't remember. But, don't uh, remember. The it's day news I got to it, me. <laughs> yeah, the, the first again. 360 red ringed immediately. And then my dad took me right back to Best Buy to switch it out. Got home. When we got home, Best Buy was closed. The second one red ringed immediately. So I had to actually wait till the day after that to play it. When I got my third 360 in 24 hours. <laughs> uh, but you guys remember those times. You guys remember. Um, so, so once I had the 360 secured, this was August... Mm-hmm. You know, then it was only, you know, two months basically to wait for Halo 3. And mm. uh, I started a new school that year and I I was kind of too nervous to talk to people. But 
um, in the first couple weeks there, there was this kid out by the bus stop named Justin, our friend Justin, mm -hmm. and he was holding a uh, Halo Fall of Reach book in his hand. And I thought, you know, I like this guy. I don't care. He's got, he's got a Halo book. <laughs> That's all I thought. I, yeah. You know, yeah, I like so started this talking guy. to him, started talking to him, and turns out he was just as excited as me. And what the funny thing is, as we moved closer to the launch of Halo 3, I've given Josh, or not Josh, I've given Justin crap for this before. I think I've given him crap for it on this podcast before. But he told me, like a week before Halo 3 came out, he was like, if you don't get to GameStop at least 12 hours before the game comes out, you will not be able to secure a copy. So I was like, hey, that was so dude, much that was so much fun, though, because, man, guys, I, I mean, Brian and I didn't know one another then, but you could feel this collective, like, euphoria where we're at. We, we lived, I mean, Brian, I live here still, but Brian doesn't uh, anymore, but we live in an area, you know, called the Quad Cities, basically, and everyone around this collective area uh, was just hyped as all get out. Everyone around us that we knew was excited, you know, and Brian, you know, come to think of it, Justin probably even mentioned Brian to me, you know, but I didn't know Brian then, so he we, didn't. We knew of each other, but we didn't know each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I don't know, but I, I want to go back a bit. Uh, my experience of getting the 360, I, I told this on the podcast before, too. You've already heard this before, Brian, but for our new listeners, I'm going to tell the story again so we can regurgitate it. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I had, time. Yeah, I had my 360 in like 2000, I think it was, I think it was, it was sometime after Elder Scrolls Oblivion had come out. And I had gotten it. My dad got me it. Well, then, fast forward, we're getting up to the launch of Halo 3. And like I said, my birthday is four days after, so it's very close. So my birthday, in a, in essentially, is going to be revolved around Halo 3. I'm not really having a birthday party or anything, per se. It's just Halo 3 stuff. Uh, I got like nothing going on at the time. Me. Yeah, not school going on, not a job going on. I just had all the time in the world to get to Halo 3. So... A few days prior to the 25th, I'm talking like two days before, I finally get the red ring of death. And I sat there and I cried. I started bawling. I thought, holy shit, I put so much stock uh, of my joy and my happiness and my future all into this game. And I'm like, they're all going to be playing it without me. Just, and I'm going to be that on all like this. picture little Joshy going, I'm never going to finish the fight. I'm never going to finish the fight. And uh, my dad's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I explained this to him. And uh, uh, half hour passes, and I'm just like, I'm so defeated. I'm staring at the ground in self pity. I'm just like, what am I gonna do? And the other part of me is like, I hope somebody feels sorry for me enough to get me a 360. <laughs> my yeah, dad, I hear that. my dad, uh, my dad, also amazing. Like Brian's parents, uh, my parents, I love them so much. And uh, my dad, he's like, come here a minute. Calls me over into his room, and he's got his computer there and he's up on GameStop's website and looking at all these different Xboxes you know and at the time the elites the black elite consoles were still relatively new and you know you had the Halo 3 one and stuff like that and he's like which uh which one of these is the best one would you say and at that point the light bulb goes off in my brain and I'm like oh, I know He's gonna get me. He's gonna he's gonna get me three sixty. And I was like, well, the black one's pretty good, but I mean, I, the, the, the Halo, Halo three one. But I mean, sh shit, uh, you know, there's the the regular one too. That's pretty good. I mean, they're they're all good. They're all good. And I mean, that's cheaper. It's cheaper. You know, it's you know. At that point, I was just so happy to get yeah. a, a console that I wasn't gonna push my luck. But my dad was like, what what about that Halo three one? I was like, yeah, you know, that's pretty good. That's perfect. <laughs> you know, it comes with a, it also comes with like some gamer pictures and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty it neat. Looks so badass you know? back in the yeah. Day. So. 
He's like, well, it shows the GameStop up here has it in stock. And I was like, no way, Dad. You know, I was so happy. My dad went and bought that for me. And um, just completely helped. one of the best days of your life. I feel like it would be for me. Yeah, it was. Is it in the top 10? Oh, definitely. You can say no. Definitely. No, just that whole experience as a whole, just everything leading up to that. Because I I knew I was already getting the game. And I knew I was getting, my mom was going to get me the headset, the Halo 3 uh, wireless headset. You know, the only thing I pretty much didn't have was a, a one of the Halo 3 360 controllers. And at that point, I, I mean, I had one. It was just the console version of it, you know, the sort of like olive green and stuff. And uh, anyway, I get the console and uh, I was so happy. I felt so set. I felt like I was prepared for Halo 3. Now, it wasn't just I was excited. Suddenly now I'm prepared for this experience. And I'm thinking like the way I was looking at it, guys, was like, you know, being such a big multiplayer guy and having done all these LAN parties and everything, and, and that was what drove me to get Xbox Live. And now since then, I had experienced things like Gears of War and all these other games that, uh, you know, were kind of showing off the potential for Xbox Live and online gaming. Well, I'm coming back to Halo 3. I'm coming back to Halo. And it feels like a new era of Halo. And I'm thinking, man, this is amazing because we all get this fresh start. You know, for me, I had come in so late into the Halo 3, I'm sorry, Halo 2's run you know, online. And I still had, I mean, like a year, about a year roughly of just playing it online with people and friends, but this was a new start. And, you know, we're skipping over the beta right now. Like Brian said, we're going to go all around, but that was amazing to me. That was amazing to me to think we're all, all my friends are here. We're all ready for this. We're at this fresh start and we're all going to start this together at the same time and kick it off. And we're just going to play this until the next Halo. It also just felt like it was going to be the best game ever. Like it felt like well, Halo 1 and 2 were amazing, but obviously 3 is going to be better. And many of us, it was better. Some of us, it wasn't, but ultimately it was an amazing game either way. But it was just like, holy crap. And I, I can remember before I knew Josh being jealous of him. Justin was jealous of him, and I was jealous of him because he got that Halo 3 limited edition console. I just remember Justin telling me at school that his cousin Josh had got the Halo 3 limited edition console, and I was like, oh my God, I hate that guy. I don't even know that guy. I hate that guy. <laughs> Little did you know you'd be doing that a console podcast thinking, with him years later. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way I could get that. Like, my parents had just bought me the white one brand new mm-hmm. two months prior. I wasn't going to be able to get the Halo 3. I just, it was one of those things where you accepted you weren't ever going to get it, um, which ultimately now I, I feel better about because when you're a kid, you think, oh, if I get the Halo 3 edition console, I'm going to play it forever until the day I die. Well, then, of course, you realize more consoles come out and you end up not really using it anymore. So I don't feel as bad about it. It was amazing. But, uh, I still have it. I, it's one of those things I should get rid of because I don't use it. But like I still sit, it still sits there and I look at it and I think about that time and I feel very nostalgic. You as is this episode. Yeah. Uh, Brian, what was it like? Um, can you tell me a little bit about the the, the sort of midnight launch experience you were talking briefly about justin and i cut in talking about you gotta get there 12 hours before everyone else well that's i have my own my own memory of this but i want to hear yours yeah that's what that's what justin said he said you had you had to be there 12 hours there's no way you're gonna get a copy well i'd already pre-ordered my copy and paid it off so i thought standard even even was that was it the standard yeah i just wanted the standard because back at that time once again like it was ridiculous to expect my parents to be able to convince my parents to buy me the legendary and i didn't really care about the limited at the time um, which turned out being good because for those of you who don't know, and most of you probably do, the limited edition uh, had a problem where the discs were not housed yeah. correctly. So when that. you got your disc with the limited edition, it was it came was pretty scratched up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, even though I was super naive and highly immature back then at being 15. We all were. I, I still thought Josh or Justin was a little crazy for saying 12 hours. So I just, I wanted, I asked my mom if we could get there 
at the snot come out of my nose. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked my mom if we could get there at eight o'clock, which is five hours early. Because yeah. back then you had to literally wait till midnight. And uh, so I got my parents to agree to that. So what happened was my mom drove me and my brother Creighton to the GameStop at eight o'clock, and we got there at eight o'clock, and there was three people in line at eight o'clock, which for me felt underwhelming because I was like, "I'm sorry, this is eight p.m. right?" Eight p.m. Yeah. So in my my mind, I thought, "Okay, I'm kind of surprised. I thought this was the biggest thing ever." And my mom, of course, my mom made some snide comment when we show up. She's like, "Wow, big turnout, Bry." You know, because there's three people yeah. at eight o'clock. Oh, so then, Rhonda. So then we went in and we got our like, we got like, uh, I don't know if we finished paying it off or something. We went into GameStop. We came back out. And at that point, it's like 10 after eight and there's still only three people in line. So my mom's like. And Justin's one of them, right? Well, he, we're, we're not the same GameStop, by the way. Oh, okay. No, That's no, right. no, we weren't. Yeah, guys. We were uh, yeah. Just remember, uh, bear in mind, Brian and I didn't know one another then. So yeah. yeah, no, Justin, Justin did get there. He got there at like seven or eight a.m. Yeah, because I remember seeing Justin, but I'll get. Yeah, there. and I think Justin actually got to be briefly featured on the news as somebody who was. He might have been. I, I think he was, um, but yeah, he waited for twelve hours or whatnot. So we got there. It's eight ten, and my mom's like, "Well, I'm bored. Now what are we supposed to do?" And we we're sitting there in the car with only three people in line, and it's five hours to go. So I was like, "My mom," I think my mom said, "Like, I wish I had brought like." the laptop or something i was like you know what let's just let's just go back home get some drinks some snacks get something to do because there's only three people in line so we drove back home my mom got i remember my mom got the laptop i'm sorry how was how was creighton what was his uh oh hype like he was so excited he was so he was just as hyped as me but this was back at a time too where he didn't expect to get like back then, you know, little Creighton, he wasn't expecting to get his own versions or copies or anything. I was the only one with the 360. I was the only one getting Halo 3. He was more like, it was more one of those situations where it's like, Brian, you have to let your brother play with you. You know what I mean? But at this at this time, I wanted him to. Like, I was excited to co-op it with sure. him. I kind of left that out, too. Before we went to the midnight launch, we had moved all the furniture in the living room, so it was positioned towards the TV. And then we had a little table in the middle of the two couches me and my brother were going to be sitting on. And we nice. had two 12-packs of Game Fuel laid out Oh, my there. God. So we were ready. Like, Halo right 3 now, Game man. Fuel! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Halo 3 Game Fuel. So um, we had that all set up. But anyways, so it was like 810. And we're like, let's go back home and let's get some stuff. And we went back home. And I remember my mom my mom and dad were obsessed with this video game uh, back then. Probably most people here probably won't know what it is. It was called Bookworm. It was for the PC. And it was basically just this little, like, uh, it was a game where you connect. It's kind of like similar to Scrabble, but not really. Like, you, you collected, you uh, connected these tiles of letters to spell words. And, like, if you took too long to spell them, then you'd lose. So they would just play that for hours on end. So my mom got the laptop with Bookworm so she could play that in the car while we waited outside in the cold for Halo 3. And then we got some snacks and stuff. So we come, we came back. It was, like, a little after 9. And at that point, there was, like, 25 people online just an hour later. So it kind of, you know, so it's like, of course, me, you know, being obsessive, I'm like, holy shit, I got to get in line now. I'm gonna, you know, so <laughs> yeah. we went out in line immediately. So we were probably like 25, 30 people back. And it was already starting to wrap around the building. And my mom was like, oh, well, there is a decent turnout. Well, then as time went on, it eventually the line was so long, it was wrapped all the way around the building, like turning each corner, like, you know, 100 plus people. And my mom was like, wow, they weren't kidding. You know, this is big. And, uh, the GameStop guys were coming out and they were giving away free stuff. Like, a, I think I, I think I did get, if I remember, I think Swag. I got wag. Yeah, I think I got a Let's white go t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I got a white t-shirt that said Xbox 360 on it. It wasn't Halo themed. They were giving out. <laughs> they were showing like. Please enjoy you know, your extra large or whatever size it yeah. was. 100% cotton white yeah. t-shirt that just says Xbox. Pretty much. Uh, they were giving out stuff and we were just so hyped waiting in line. 
And then, of course, right at midnight, my mom got in line so she because I was 15, so she had to show her license to get the game because it was rated M. And then we drive all the way home, super excited, finally have Halo 3 in our hands, and I walk inside the door. And Smart guys. My brother, my brother, this is my brother will never forgive me for this. We walk inside and I'm like, you know, I was like, you know, before before I start playing this game, I feel really dirty. I feel kind of greasy. I need to take a shower first. And my brother just looks at me like, are you, you have to be joking. Are you insane? I'm like, no, I got to take a shower first. So before we start the game, I go up and take a shower. And I've mentioned this part before in the podcast too. Uh, I used this hemp shampoo. So now every time I smell anything hemp-related, I literally think of Halo 3. It's out of my control. So, we take, <laughs> so take a shower real quick, run downstairs, we're ready to play. So for like 20 my, minutes, Creighton's just sitting there waiting, right? He's just sitting yeah, there. Yeah, he's the just couch. sitting there, twiddling his thumbs, can't play the game. staring at the case. Yeah, and then uh, and my dad's still awake, and my dad asked my mom, he's like, well, was it a big deal? And my mom was like, yeah, they weren't wrong. There was a lot of people there. And my dad's like, okay. So my dad's like standing there in his underwear waiting for us to start the game so he can see what it's all about. And of course, we start up the game and the Starry Night plays and, and all that stuff and the opening cutscene. And once we get into gameplay, my dad watches like a minute or two. He's like, all right, cool. Well, going to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, cool see you later. Um, so, and then we, me and Creighton played, I think we played till, let's see, which mission is that? I think we played all the way to the Ark. Maybe. And then we went in to do some multiplayer, and then Creighton was so tired he went to sleep. And I was like, I got to see how the story resolves. <laughs> so I just kept playing. Yeah. And I played uh, from the arc on, which He's doesn't like, sound like Creighton's that. just like, I'm going to bed. You're like, that's fine. I'm just going to keep playing. Keep playing. Like, that um, sounds Creighton, cool. Creighton Let me know how that goes. W- yeah. Uh, <laughs> Creighton ended up waking up at like 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And as he woke up, I was like finishing. The warthog run at the end, yeah, finishing the fight, and and watching the end, and, and I got to the end credit, or I got to the end of the game, and it made it look like Chief died, and I'm like, this is not how they're gonna end this. Please God, no. Of course, after the cutscene, after the credits, you got to the final cutscene, and you know, then then, like my parents let us skip school for that one day, which was so cool. But like once I finished that game, it was probably like eight or, eight or so in the morning. I hadn't slept, and I drank a bunch of game fuel and stuff. I felt really crappy. And I slept like all day, and then when I woke up, it was like 7 p.m. But I had to go to school the next morning, so Ooh, my sleep was brutal. all—it was all screwed up. But hey, that's what you get for it. So that was kind of my launch experience. Um, I've never felt hype that much in my life, um, and like I, I said, you know, there was a little bit, bit of a little bit a little of bit. like, what's that? No, I was gonna say I wanted you to actually talk a little bit more. What, what was it like the moment? Okay, so you've beaten the game, you're yeah. getting ready to go to bed. Are you feeling like, well, that's it? Are you feeling like, oh, I can't wait to get up and play more? Or yet? Um, well, it was because you felt a little disappointed too. I was a little disappointed only because my expectations were so ridiculously high. I mean, but it did do a great job. I I ultimately like, I kind of went to sleep like, because there's some level of which like this is something you waited for for so long and your expectations were so high. Once it was over, it just felt kind of unreal because it's like, how can this thing that I've waited for for so long be? be over um so i went to sleep consume consume era of brian was born yeah so um (laughs) but i I went to sleep i hate to say it but i think i did go to sleep a little disappointed but it wasn't like colossal disappointment it was like just like a wow i thought this game would be an 18 out of 10 and it was only a nine you know what i mean like it was just uh but and then of course it was hard to like i had to get my sleep schedule back on but then it became then it was like get home from school 
hop online and like I remember like the first day of back from school, me and Justin were on Valhalla and I like got in a mongoose and then Justin picked up a Spartan laser and he got on the back of the mongoose and we were just yeah. like driving around and he was shooting and I was like, yeah. this is the best Halo ever. You know? <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, Josh, before we, because uh, it kind of segue out of me talking about that, let's go ahead and I think I'm going to, let's, let's hear a little bit of that Starry Night trailer that uh, everybody knows. I'm going to play a little bit of that right now. Yeah, let's do it. You ever wonder what's up there? Like what? Maybe someone up there is wondering what it's like here. I guess. Do you think we'll ever meet them? I hope so. Don't you? Do you think we'll ever meet them? Man, dude, there. When you first saw, when I first saw that Starry Night trailer, dude, it was just unbelievable. Because you start with those two kids in the grass, and they're talking. You're like, "What is this trailer?" And then, and then when you hear that kind of like a like a screaming noise, almost, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Before Chief picks up the helmet, hype through the roof. Yeah, I remember specifically where I was at when that was playing. I was at a friend's house. Um, is is part of my land group. And at this point in time, guys, like we were. We were trying to find the next Halo. I think we were all we had played so much Halo Two offline that when we got to play it online, we were like, "Cool, this is amazing." There's other games that do this kind of stuff. What's that? What else is out there? And we're like, we're in this sort of identity crisis of like, what's our main game, right? So then I go over to my friend Paul's Wednesday, and uh, Paul has got there's a couple of us over there, and he's like, "Do you see the new Halo trailer, dude?" And I'm like, "They got gameplay," and he's like. No, dude, it's just live action trailer. There's not a live action. He was just like, it's just CGI trailer, dude. So amazing. And I was like, okay, that's cool, I guess. I mean, you can put it on. And so I just wasn't in that frame of mind. And then he puts it on, and suddenly, like, it's kind of like what Brian mentioned earlier with him. Like, I had this moment where, like, suddenly, you know, you go in, you go into something one day, and you're into something else, and you, you're you're on a different track, frame of mind, and stuff like that, and suddenly this thing completely shifts you, and then from that point on, after that trailer, I'm like, Halo, 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 I'm ready for Halo 3. That kind of kicked off my Halo yeah. 3 hype, I think, that moment, getting to see that trailer. Let's let's go into, this is this is the coolest thing that Halo 3 ever did for Josh and I. I'm going to make this, You got, some of you know this already, but the coolest thing Halo 3 ever did is it started... The Sacred Icon Podcast. It did. The reason that Josh and I started a podcast 12 years after Halo 3 came out is because of Halo 3. Some of you may have heard the story already, but I'm going to tell it again. I think it's a good one, and I don't know if everybody's heard it, but basically, go back to 2019. It was September 25th, that 12-year anniversary of Halo 3, and... and, um, I, I say me and we, we were both on the same page by the time we came around to, to Sacred Icon, but it kind of started with me just like, I was feeling so emotional. First first, first time, year of my life, I've been married, 
and like I moved away. So I like it almost kind of like that kind of symbolized how much more quote unquote adulty my life was as compared to when Halo 3 came out. And I was just filled with emotion. I almost I could feel myself tearing up on Halo 3's 12 year anniversary because I was just like, this game means so much to me. The friends I've made, uh, just that hype, just so it's just unparalleled. And I just felt like, man, I got to do something with all this excitement, all this hype. And, uh, you know, to kind of gloss over some details, so I don't need to get into all of it again. Basically, you know, I, right. me and Josh, me and Josh ended up talking and it led to the beginning of, to the starting of this podcast. It led to the beginning of Sacred Icon because Josh and I had so much nostalgia, so much emotion and love for the series. And, and Halo 3 was, was the, the, the apex, kind of the, the climax, the highest moment of of Halo in our lives, where everything just was that was its it's because our highest time. highs is, is friends was always revolved around Halo. We had a, plenty of other things we experienced together, numerous things, and sometimes those things were more exciting than Halo. But Halo was that constant that we always came back to. You know, we're talking about like Creighton's bachelor party was a Halo land party. We're talking about Brian's sort of bachelor party was a Halo land party. You know, and stuff like that. And we always had these big events. That we did this stuff at, and it was cool because before Brian's wedding, um, the last the last Halo Land party we got to do was at uh, our friend Kyle's house, and there with his wife and and uh, the dogs and stuff like that, and everyone came over. There's people, I, a couple people I knew, a couple people I didn't know, and uh, I mean it was an amazing experience. So if you think about that, guys, this is like you know, fast forward a couple months after Brian's now been married, and it's just hitting us like, damn. Like it almost, there's that sense days of sadness over. where it's like, it feels like those days are over. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we've talked about it before too, is like Josh and I have been like, I won't say like closer friends, but friends who talk more often or who spend more time together since we started the podcast. Cause this is a constant, I mean, it's weekly, but it's also kind of like every day, like, you know, sacred icon. So yeah, we're, um, we, we, we usually, even if it's just a text, we usually communicate <laughs> at least yeah. once a day. So and I, I think when people cool. look back at, at this podcast, when people look back at when we started, they'll probably think that it had something to do with Outpost Discovery or Halo Infinite. And as much as I wouldn't mind uh, admitting if that's kind of why we started, it actually had nothing to do with that. I mean, when we started, it was because of our nostalgia for those old Halo days. Even though we liked the new Halo stuff, it was kind of just like reminiscing back to those times. And that's why we started the podcast. Uh, it wasn't because of Halo Infinite. Yeah, it was, like that. And so. it was weird for me because on the flip side, I was... I mean, I was in the similar position, except a little different because, um, you know, being a single dude and, uh, you know, you're, I'm trying to think what I was at the time. I don't know, 30. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm 32 now. But uh, anyway, so I'm at that point in time. And some of you guys, some of you girls listening, you know, know what it's like. You know, you're, you're nostalgic for something and you, you used to have maybe a group or a posse or something that was all collectively excited. And then everyone kind of either starts to move away into these different pockets or you move on with your life or they move on. And for me, it was like, OK, this is now, you know, 30 people are starting to a lot of people are starting to settle down. Not all of them. A lot of them already have kids and stuff like that. So those high school days of when it seemed like we had all the time in the world are just becoming slimmer to none. Even being single, I wasn't having as much time for that. So, um, you know, you get to that point and I'm, 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 the anniversary is there and I'm thinking, man, I'm like, I would constantly go through these um, waves of nostalgia, these sort of renaissance moments where I would just listen to the soundtracks and I would think about, you know, all the memories I had. And, and I'm thinking about it in a way that this feels like it's done. And I'm always open to it happening in the future, but you know, Brian's the, the last lamb party we did for his bachelor party was very much 
uh, in essence, even though we, it wasn't like officially that by any means, you know, it was kind of like, it's something we didn't, we didn't say, but we kind of felt mm-hmm. that we knew as fact yeah, hoorah. that it was like yeah. their last hurrah. So, um, you know, it had that sense of nostalgia pull to it. And, um, I mean, Brian, you could say it more if you want to, but Brian started doing these articles. He's like, you know, I'm gonna start writing this stuff. And I was like, I'm gonna start reading that stuff, buddy. And it was awesome to read him talking about that because I always just love listening to Brian talk about that stuff. And then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I did it. It could have been Brian, but I think I, I think I suggested like, you know, we should do a podcast maybe. Yeah, I think like, Josh you know, I've been kind of thinking about that myself. And then, yeah, here we are. Yeah. No, and I think it's even like, because, you know, we talk about how like we, we got older and stuff and it's changed. But truth be told, my, my recollection is it was only a couple months after after Halo 3 where the, the beginning of the end for, for Halo's popularity started. Because when I was in high school, a couple months later, everyone was on that Call of Call Duty, Duty Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare yep. And then as time went on, it was like new Call of Duties. Eventually it became League of Legends. Twitch started taking off, you know just it's like halo halo was so early to the party with like its influence mm-hmm. but once everything started to play catch up halo just kind of became this thing of old and i think even today we're still seeing that where yeah it's like uh, a lot of you guys like tabletop players probably know what i'm talking about it's like you know critical role really kicked off the sort of like let's play of dungeons and dragons and stuff like that for for people out there who want to like watch that type of stuff but then all these other ones started coming out in different facets. Everyone else saw the success of that and started kind of building off that, doing it their own way and putting their own stamp on that stuff. And people would kind of get into those sort of, sort of yeah. uh, specific streams and fandoms and whatnot. But like you always, you always have that mainstay that when you come back to, and I think for a lot of people, like that's critical role for us with gaming. It's like, that's halo. I play all these other games. I don't know. Halo, halo was the game that made me realize like, I want to play games for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, agreed. And then, so then I would play, I would keep playing all these other games, even though I was playing them before then. But like Halo was that one I'd always come back to. Like there, as long as there's another Halo, I always had this big thing to look forward to. Even if it feels like at times there's other games I'm more excited for. Knowing that there was another Halo was like, it kept me wanting to buy a console. No, I, I, I agree 100%. I mean, when I first played Halo, which, you know, I started with Halo 2. When I, start, when I first played it, I walked away thinking, okay, like I enjoyed playing video games before. But now I want to do it forever. I'm like, this is so next level. I love it. You know, the cool thing is too, like the way the way I think Josh and I see this podcast is like, it's like Josh and I getting to continue to have in our own little vacuum. Like, we get to perpetually live out that like Halo Three hype, that Halo Three yep. nostalgia through this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and and through it, we've been able to curate a community of people, whether it be you know, just you listeners that we never hear from or people in the Discord or people on the Twitter. And some people in our community are in the exact same boat as us where they're a similar age and they remember this. And there's people that are there earlier. There's people that are after who really just became fans during 343. And it's just fun to have us all kind of congregate around this. Um, I always so, come back to when John Den last year said something like, dude, it feels like, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing now, but he said something like, you know, it feels like the old like clan days of old or something like that. Yeah. Just as our community was kind of really coming together and kind of like clicking and, um, you know, it was, that was amazing for me because I, I, I grew up on all the, the multiplayer facets. I, I got excited for the story, but I stayed for the multiplayer. That was what really, really pulled me in. And, uh, 
you know, I, I thought, man, like I said, everyone was kind of growing up and doing different stuff. And there were times when, like, maybe I was further ahead in life than other friends. There were times they were further ahead than me. So, but when you're in high school, it just felt like everyone's on the same trajectory, you know? And then afterward, it all changes a different sphere. So, you know, I've always been um, the kind of person where, like, even if I'm in a relationship or not, I will, like, do anything I can to do a LAM party. That is just just such a fun experience to me. Yeah. And it's such a high. And, uh, you know, I... I, yeah, I thought they were. I thought that stuff was all done. I really did, and it was a sad feeling for me every time I would think about like Halo Three nostalgia or Halo Two nostalgia and all this stuff. I would. It would. It was a a mixture of joy at its peak, and then a mixture of like absolute depression at its worst because I just mm-hmm. thought, man, I wish this stuff wasn't just in the past, you know. And uh, we kind of got a surge of that with with Halo Five, but even then, um, you know, as we're talking about this stuff, Halo Five, all that was was kind of before you know we're feeling all this nostalgia for halo 3 with the anniversary and everything so i mean it's cool that's why it makes me excited for infinite is because you know we we have a community i've said this so many times guys but um it makes me excited to to get to play with people because i think a lot of us felt that way i think that's the thing is i think a lot of us were at different points in our lives and at some point in time if you've done land parties if you've done that stuff with friends if you've been there for a long time in the halo community or just you know as in the fandom i should say You've had moments where you feel like it's all in the past because you have society that says you gotta, you know, grow up. This is stupid. Yeah. This is dumb. You have, you know, sometimes you yourself you're feeling like, oh shit, I I should probably settle down or I should probably do this in life or I should probably do that. But yeah, I don't care about all that shit. I don't care yeah, where anybody else is at in life, what they're doing. Is it, you know, as long as you're nice and you want to play Halo, let's do it, man. I'm gonna say like we sound like a broken record a lot of times, but I'll say it again, guys. Like Secret Icon Podcast, the broken record uh, yeah, Halo, podcast. right? Bingo card, add it to the bingo card. We talk about, we save this topic for another day because it's a whole podcast, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> Check like, me up. Seriously, guys, like, you know, obviously there's something to be said for, you know, you should be a responsible person. You should take care of yourself in your adulthood. You should make wise decisions. But having said all that, if you love Halo 3, if you love Halo in general, if you this is a passion of yours, don't ever feel embarrassed for that. Like, wear it on your sleeve. It's awesome. I've said it before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I said it on Twitter for sure. Like, my girlfriend before my wife, I was having a, a Halo LAN party as like a last hurrah then for like, I kinda, in my mind, I was kind of like, well, if I get, if I end up marrying this girl, like I'm going to have, I'm going to move on and like, I should just kind of have a last hurrah party. Well, I remember you telling I, me about I, this and I was like, what's that? And I'm thinking in my head at the time when you were telling me this, I think I told you anyway, but I was like, like why? Like why? Yeah, why does it right. have to end? You know, yeah, like, why does it have to end? Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna do this, have this kind of Halo land party before I move on with this girl, and then my girlfriend told me like, yeah, that's kind of stupid. You should just cancel it. And I was like, wow, ouch, like that hurt. Damn. Of course, it didn't work out with that girl, and for good reason. You know, if she comes between you and Halo, you know, <laughs> but no, more than just that. X is right for a reason. Yeah, yeah. For sure, Josh, you ready for a voice clip? Hell yeah. Play this is from show. our buddy Ryan Barca. Here we go. Ryan Barca. Okay. Hey, what's going on, boys? Um, just thinking back to the release night of Halo 3. Oh, man, that was one of the best nights of my life, honestly. It was about 11 years old. Me and a few buddies, we got it. You know, we're up all night playing the campaign. And one moment that stuck out so well was when we were playing the Covenant after you destroy the AA Wraith and you're going up the hill and you mm-hmm. got the, the mongoose and the warthog going and yeah. flying down the hill, taking out the ghosts and turn in the corner and we see the wraith and you know we're just driving head on and you know the wraith is 
blows up the mongoose and sends the warthog flying it. And it was in that moment just like, holy crap, one, this game's physics is insane. Yeah. And two, it's like now we got to strategize. So, you know, we're like trying so hard to take this down and we can't do it. We're laughing so hard because we're just getting flown around by the wraith <laughs> and we finally beat it. Then the prowlers come out. Man, it was just so funny just like getting thrown around like that. And that's like when we all knew, okay, like, this game is this game's great. Like mm-hmm. we just spent an hour getting our asses kicked, and this was hilarious. And you know, going from there, like obviously them jumping into like custom games and stuff after that, and matchmaking. Just like never really had that experience in a video game before. I was a little late to Halo Two, and just the way it brought my school together. Like there were people like in my school that I wouldn't necessarily talk to, but like we would jump all on Halo three in a party of sixteen. Nice. And now like I see them in math class and I say, yo, like we gotta jump on like Ghostbusters like tonight. Hell yeah, get everyone <laughs> on. Um and it was a unifier, man. It, 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 to me Halo three it's it's the greatest game of the Xbox three sixty and I if you ask me, it's the greatest game of Xbox of all time. But, you know, that that game and that release, mm-hmm. one of the greatest moments in gaming I've ever had. So, really glad you guys are doing an episode on it. Oh, man. It brings I me so much Ryan, joy. Dude, that was so cool. Thanks so much, Ryan. It brings me so much joy to just hear him talking about that. And he talks about how, like, they're just laughing hysterically. And, and we, we can all relate to one of those moments in Halo where we're just having so much fun or something so silly is happening, we're laughing hysterically, and you know in the back of your mind it's not as funny as, as how hard you're laughing, but just because you're so caught up in it, you're laughing that hard, and it's just it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, dude, it makes Ryan, me thanks good. so much. You just triggered so much nostalgia for me, dude. All the stuff you were talking about where you guys were trying to, you know, you're just trying to set up for the next session, basically, and talking about playing Ghostbusters and all that stuff. Man, that brings me back so much. I loved all that kind of stuff. Doing all the prep stuff just for lands, and even when it was in the Halo 3 era of multiplayer, uh, getting with your friends and you're texting your messaging and all this stuff, and you're like, you know, this is like the MySpace era. So I remember being on MySpace and shit too, being like, Halo 3 tonight, man. You know, and you, you just, you're trying to get everybody on. You're trying to see who can get on when and where and stuff like that. And I remember a couple times, like, some of my friends didn't get it at launch, but maybe a week later they got it, or like a month later they got it. And like, then those people come into the fold. And it was just such an exciting time because everyone had their different intangible thing that they brought to the experience. And it helped make it so much fun. And that's why I liked it because, you know, Halo's always been this sort of cooperative. Experience. My first experience with Halo was by myself, but then what really kept it uh, going, what injected life into it, was playing it with my friends. And I had never, to this day, I've never done that with other video games. So Halo is really special in that regard. And I, I agree with you, man. Hey, I think Halo 3 is probably the best thing Xbox has ever done. I mean, in a lot of ways, I could see how Halo 2 holds that, and, and other games may too. But I think just considering the peak, it was like Xbox as a brand, as a word, Halo as a brand, as a word. Bungie, it, all of it, entered a whole new sphere of just discourse for people who didn't know what it was. It's like what I always say about Michael Jordan. People who didn't play basketball, never saw a game in their life, they knew who Michael Jordan was. Suddenly people knew Halo and Bungie and Xbox in the same way. See, it's really hard to oversell Halo 3 because it is worthy of the praise. It it really, the, the best word to describe Halo 3 is defining. It defined four things simultaneously. It defined Xbox. Mm-hmm. It defined Halo. Mm-hmm. It defined 
I, it defined the entire generation. Mm-hmm. It it defined uh, online multiplayer. It was ju- or just like the, the the full package of content, Forge and, and and sharing file sharing and everything. Like it was a genre defining game. It it generationally defining. And the, that's the thing you you can't you can't say that about too many games. It's just just like we've talked about before, like masterpiece. Like that's not a term you want to use too much because only certain games can do it. But that game defined a generation. That's a good point. This actually, you're making me realize something. Okay, I, I've said before on the podcast how so many times, you know, I feel like like my launch experience gets uh, underwhelming because, like, you know, the whole concept for me is all our friends get together, we all wait in line for this game, and then we suddenly separate. We go home and we have our own experiences playing these games, right? Well, Halo, it's always been different for me, and that's why I think I always feel underwhelming with uh, these other games because, like, for example, guys, we met up. Uh, Brian, uh, his brother Creighton, and a couple of Justin, another friend, and we all met up for like Fallout Four, for example. And we go out to eat beforehand. We're we're, we're hanging out and stuff like that, and or you know even as far back as like Gears of War Three and stuff like that. We'd get some of these games and we'd go home and we'd play them, you know. And for me, I'm like, for people like Brian, which is most of you guys, is like the whole point of waiting these X amount of years is to get to that experience of getting the game in your hands, popping it in the Xbox booting it up actually playing it for me it's less about playing it it's more about the journey i guess because uh, i love having that with friends and sharing in it so halo is the one where i've always gotten to really it, like there's an after party basically is what i'm trying to say there's the party of waiting you know and, and 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 you know waiting in line with people talking with people or even nowadays you know where you're just like you're super excited you're talking online with people whatever but then there's the after party of let's get on Xbox Live. We're playing this in co-op, right? We already got this planned off. We got these days taken off work or whatever, you know. Um, that's Halo for me. It's a, it's a, it's a cultural. I mean, it, it it was a cultural event, and in some sense, it still is. I think it's it's probably come down a bit since then. You know, Halo Three was definitely a cultural event, but even with Reach and Four and everything, like Halo is just the industry. T- the whole the way I picture it, dude, is like. It may not be the most popular game or the favorite game or the highest rated game, but when a new Halo game comes out, everyone in the industry turns their head. I was just going to say, I see that happening with Infinite. You can see that everyone in the industry is really excited for that game to come out. And you know when it happens, people are going to be excited. People remember what it was like to play Halo their first time. And people Josh, who let's it. go ahead and take a look at like what the media news was saying back, uh, back at the time. This would be nostalgic. All right, bet. Well, it's been a month since video gamers stormed the stores to get their hands on Halo 3. The game was September's top seller with 3.3 million copies flying off the shelves, more than twice as many as the nine runners-up combined. Microsoft Games Division is one step closer to finally turning a profit. We'll see what the impact that Halo 3 has, has is having on Microsoft's earnings when they're released later this morning. Halo is one of the biggest brands in video game history. The franchise spawning everything from clothing to action figures and rumors of a Halo movie who are still being floated around for more of this rising, booming brand. Dude, the hype was unreal. I mean, I can remember, I'm sure you've heard the statistic before, but like movie theaters were suffering uh, from Halo 3's launch because of how many people were just like, I'm going to buy this game and not go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, I remember that actually. That was a huge, that was a big deal, surprisingly. Yeah. I remember not even caring. I was like, I, yeah, I'll I'll never, I don't care to go see any movies and stuff like that. I was like, right, yeah. dude. I mean, I think the only thing I had I'll coming out that year was like At World's End. And other than that, I was like, okay, Halo, that's it. That's all that's on the agenda for me. 
it's funny how by like at this point in time, people are still making fun of basement dwelling nerds and, and nerd culture and stuff. But the truth is, by the time Halo 3 came out, like there was so many closet nerds out there, like people who were just like, you know, dogging well, it's like, it. But it's like Anthony, he was saying, like, is he was someone who, you know, didn't feel like he could, you know, be as into that stuff. And all yeah. his friends, you know, you're trying to dress stylish and everything. And then then he comes to find out that, you know, everyone's super excited for this. I'll never I'll never forgive Jimmy Kimmel for this was Halo 2. But Jimmy oh, Kimmel, he was like he was like. Nerds everywhere are nerdy men everywhere, and one woman are coming out of their basements for Halo Two, and I'm like, Jimmy Kimmel. I'm forever salty about that. Jimmy Kimmel. Do. I don't watch his show. No, I don't watch his show at all. Yeah, I yeah, see like, his face, and I'm like, I remember that moment in a Resident Evil Four, and I'm like, nope. Like, ratings going down. Change the channel, he's probably, baby. He's probably played as well. You know. Oh, I, I don't doubt it now. And you know what? Like, yeah. you know, back in the day, I mean, that was when, like, you know, gamer girl was a phrase and oh, a term yeah. and it's so ridiculous now to think of that yeah. being a thing i see that now and i cringe i'm nostalgic for that era but like i think of things like that specifically exactly and I cringe. It used just to like be, the yeah. doritos and the mountain dew and everything it's fun you get nostalgic i mean hey i'm sitting here hoping that we get a new halo infinite game fuel and i'll buy the shit out of oh, it oh yeah but you know it's it's a dated kind of concept that hasn't really aged well yeah i i don't i don't miss the uh the days of like Oh, you're a girl and you play games? What's your favorite game? Is it like Angry Birds? <laughs> you know? Like it's not possible you play Oh dude, I remember good. I remember playing Gears of War with some girl and I was I was talking to her and I remember just because she played Gears of War at the time in 2007, me, I was like I'm adding this girl to my friends list. Right. Get a exactly. friend request. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. It's so dude. cool now too that like you know, I met my wife, and she's a nerd. She's a gamer too. Um, but like, I tried to get her. I tried to get her into Halo, guys, but it just wasn't happening. Sad thing is, hashtag Erica it. plays Halo to hashtag Erica tried Halo. Yeah. See, the thing is, I already had an uphill battle because her first boyfriend ever tried to get her into Halo, and the way he tried to get her into Halo was by throwing her in an online multiplayer match. I was Ooh. like, no. That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. Guy. But Erica's into like really cool stuff like Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima. So, yeah, I mean, like Erica is like a real gamer. You know, it's it's those those but she those concepts of like too. the Angry Birds woman gamer back then. Just is just sad. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, so ridiculous. Josh, you want to hear from our buddy Montana Menace on Fucking how he felt? Here we go. Let's let's hear it. Hey everybody, this is Dustin Bailey, more commonly known as Montana Menace. From yeah. Interwebs. The time of Halo 3, it was interesting. I just got out of a bad relationship, and I moved back to the city I was born in. I moved in with one of my sisters, and one of our nephews had just got a Halo 3 360, and he would come over on the weekends. And, you know, I would game with, with my nephews and some of my cousins, all of whom I haven't seen at that time in 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. So, a lot of that time was rebuilding myself, rebuilding relationships, oh, nice. you know, forming bonds that that last even now. Um, Halo Three was was my very first online gaming experience. I didn't get to do the whole Halo Two thing, which which kind of sucks. But hey, nah, you know, it is what it is. But that time was just just magical. And yeah, awe, dude. awe-inspiring. And Halo 3 means more to me than just a game. It, it's one of the, the catalysts for helping me rebuild myself to who I was before that point. 
and it, it's just one of those things that that time can never really be replaced with anything just because it's so special and so impactful yeah, and and I hope other people you know kind of had some of the same experiences with that but that's what the time of Halo 3 means to me man I love it man yeah, I was going to say, actually, uh, I'm glad you said some of that stuff, man. I really appreciate the transparency so much there. Uh, when Brian had his before his wedding, um, I was like, I was I was a year out of a bad relationship, and it was still kind of one of those things where you're still going through those those moments where you think about the person and all that kind of stuff. You still have those moments, and getting to do those LAN parties again with Brian was like so much fun because, you know, when, you're, when you get out of a relationship and stuff like that, you want to, you know, one of the healthiest things to do is to do things that you didn't really get to do with that person. You know, you didn't get to do while being with that person and stuff like that. And um, I got to do that stuff regardless, but um, it was just good to kind of like do that kind of stuff instead of sitting there in the room for me, you know, being by myself and everything like that and then kind of mulling and ruminating and all that. Um, I was going out with friends and I was doing stuff and I was playing Halo and I was laughing and I was having a good time. And Brian. Uh, Brian helped facilitate that uh, happening. It always revolved. That was the great thing about Brian. I'd go over to his house, uh, his parents' house, and go in the basement, and it was just like the Halo zone. And I was like Thorin and Desolation of Small, getting into uh, getting into Erebor for the first time. And I'm like, I know these walls. And it was just it. It was when we got into that room. Brian always had it like dimly lit. I don't recall the lights ever being on. The, the screens that were are, uh, illuminating us were the only sunshine yeah. we had. And, you know, we sat in there playing games and having all these conversations about relationships and, and things that didn't have anything to do with video games. But, you know, we'd play things like Halo and other stuff, and, and it always kind of revolved around I, that. Yeah. So go ahead. I you want to? I think it's ridiculous that we, you know, so oftentimes people are chastised or try to separate emotion from video games because it's quote-unquote cringe or bad. But, you know, it's... It's all, like I've said before, it's all situational and like, you know, most people know what's like healthy for them at their core if they really think about it. I mean, there is such thing as too much of a good thing and it is, there's also truth to like, there is more to life than video games or there is more to life than a game. I, I believe there's truth in those statements. No, there's not. I, I would stand by those statements, but but at the same time, it shouldn't be underplayed how much uh, how important a game can mean to you, what it's done for you, how it's helped Plus you it's, emotionally. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is good depression. for mental health too. Uh, people, it's brought people together in relationships, in marriage, and friendships. I mean, it's yes. saved people's I think lives. some people, speaking of which, in Halo 3's Forge, because of that, I think were I think some guy proposed did a marry me with all the weapons and stuff like that. Sounds I think right. It was something yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah and so dude, what you said um, about like you know with your nephews and everything playing. Uh, just a quick side tangent, buddy. I relate so much. Every Thanksgiving, uh, before my grandma passed away, um, I would bring over my PlayStation 2, and I would play. I was such a big wrestling fan back then that I would bring over, um, you know, like the SmackDown versus Raw and all that stuff, and we'd play Royal Rumbles. We'd, you know, it was a, it was kind of a big house, but because we had so many people on all the tables, I mean, we did Thanksgiving big. I've never, you know, every, it's weird. You know, it's one of those things as a kid, you, you, you expect, I mean, I'm again, another side tangent, but you expect things, you, you experience things a certain way within your family. And because you're so young and naive, you expect every family to kind of be like that. And then you go and experience some of that stuff. And you're like, this isn't as big where this is way bigger and stuff like that. Well, I've never seen a Thanksgiving as big as my grandma did it up. So we didn't have too much room. It was cramped. And I would sneak, we would sneak in the back, find a TV like every year 
and just try to hide away from all the adults who wanted us to help put the food together, put it out there, and we would just play video games. And I have so many fun memories of us uh, doing that um, with games like Gears of War 2, you know, as well. So, uh, yeah, and I relate to that so, so much. I love that message. Yeah, I uh, I can just, you know, Josh mentioned it briefly on a podcast before, but, like, this is just one of many examples. I remember, like, Josh and I were out eating at place called pizza ranch and we were just talking about halo and like off to the corner side table there's a random person and you can kind of see in your peripheral his face just kind of start to perk up his eyes to brighten his like a smirk on his face he gets a glisten in his eye and he just he, he he's like you guys talking about halo and he's like oh man halo 2 meant this much to me halo 3 meant this much to me and like you can just see how like it, you can you can tell this particular guy, it seemed like, you know, that was a thing of the past for him, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And it's just like the memories that that brings out, you know. And like I can also think in regards to like emotion and stuff, I remember um, and it's not just Halo. Of course, we're talking about Halo right now, but just the way games can, can make you feel so much better. I remember being, um, you know, months and months after breaking up with my girlfriend before my wife. My brother bought me a Switch with Breath of the Wild and just like playing Breath of the Wild was just like this therapeutic experience of like I'm lost in this world and it's fun and I'm ex- it's exciting and it's almost like, you know, like I want to have someone. I wish it didn't end that way, but like, damn, it feels good right now playing this game. Well, yeah, because there's sometimes where it's like it's really you're, you know, you're going through that, what you just said or what uh, Montana Mena said and like it's depressing to play video games. You almost feel like you can't, you know, you almost feel like you're doing worse off or something. Yeah. Then there's other times it really helps. And it sounds like that time really helped him. And I can think of times when it really helped me. I always, every time I think of Bioshock infinite, Brian, I remember that being a game that didn't work for you at the time because of that, you know, yeah. it was new and everything. And you were just, you know, going through a rough time and it's having some girl problems. And like, yeah, I just could not enjoy it. You know? So yeah. I think it's another thing too. Is like, sometimes you're so emotional, you can enjoy a game. So when you, when you can, it's like, let's, you know, let's revel in yeah. how good it feels. Oh yeah, it's good. I mean, that's the whole point of escapism in the, uh, what is it? The, I forget the phrasing of it, but just the heroes, um, the, 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 the yeah. fact that you get to be a hero, you know, you get to feel yeah, that. Yeah, you get to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you want to hear from, I don't know if, if he's in our Discord or community, I don't know, but his name's Bryce Summerhays. He, uh, oh, yeah, well, let's he hear from him. If you are, but in your listening to this, let us know. Yeah, let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, absolutely. Halo 3 was such a wonderful, incredible time in my life. That's when I could, that's where, that was the start of everything. That's when I could say that I became a gamer. Um, this guy sounds know, like Ben I, I Wyatt from Parks and Rec. Online play, Wyatt. more online play. That's when I started to really uh, come to love all of the campaigns and stories of the games that I was playing. <laughs> I remember how explosive the ending of the Halo 3 uh, campaign was. I remember how explosive it was. And, and I remember I would just bask in the satisfaction of completing the game. And, and then I just lay there on the couch uh, listening to the main menu music. Uh, never, never forget was one of my favorites and I would just fall asleep just fall asleep listening to the music basking in the satisfaction of playing such an incredible game it was the start of my journey into gaming and, and now streaming it was it was really the start of everything oh dude that's and beautiful did you guys say anything I was going to say I gotta, I gotta he, sounds, he sounds just like Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec I felt like I was listening I love, to yeah I love Ben, ben Wyatt, Wyatt. I love, ben Wyatt. Uh, I love Parks and Rec but dude I had I made sure to sneak in one I think it was Never Forget. I managed to sneak in one track from Halo into my wedding playlist because I just wanted to say it was there. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Never Forget. But, dude, those that's a thing in itself. Like, there we go. Bingo card. That's a podcast in itself. Halo menus. Yep. The way those menus with their music and the visuals, they just they pulled you in right away. That's like, the nostalgia like you, factor right there. 
That's yeah, the face of the like, nostalgia. You felt like you were playing the game before you had started it. Like, just being in the menu, you're like, what am I doing right you know, now? I'm playing Halo. You know that part from Spider-Man 3 when uh, Harry Osborn gets super injured, he sees Peter again, he's like, I know that face. Every yeah. time I see the main menu of a Halo game, I'm like, I know that face. Which it makes it so sad that you don't see him in MCC. But I'm not at all, like, I think it's completely fair they're not in MCC, but it's just a shame that... You know, you're not able to have those menus organically. I know, like I, I before, wish they could but be there because they mean so yeah, much yeah. to us. Maybe something. Thanks so much for writing in, Bryce. Dude, or not thank you so much. In, uh, voicing in. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say, dude, I love that. Uh, one of my friends told me this is something. Okay, I, I, when you mentioned um, sitting there, laying on your couch, listening to the the main menu, and kind of falling asleep to it, this is something I kind of did and kind of never did. Like, I, it just here and there, I'd maybe do. Well, I'm talking to one of my friends after Sea of Thieves comes out at work one night, and he's like telling me how. Sometimes while he's at work, he would sit there and just close his eyes for like five, ten seconds and just picture himself in first person as if he's in the game. You know, he's there and just listening to the water and the waves and everything. And I thought that is so freaking cool. You know, he he told me he would sometimes listen. Uh, he would fall asleep and take a nap while playing the game just to hear the water and everything. And I thought, you know what? There's so many different games that I feel when I hear the sounds, I feel nostalgic to or when I listen, you know, like. I think I, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, which which one you are. I'm so sorry, man. Feel free to uh, call me out in the Discord. But um, somebody in our uh, community puts out ambient tracks of Halo. And I've listened to those sometimes. And I just picture myself there with my eyes closed. And it's just those sounds. Those sounds evoke a sense it of It says itself. something that like Halo 1's loading screen, which is just like a blue bar moving across the screen. Yeah. That makes me emotional. Explain that. How many games the loading screen makes you emotional? <laughs> Explain that. Yeah, I get that completely. No, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's so tough. I, I think about... I don't know. If I was trying to pick my most nostalgic one, it probably would be the Halo 3. Um, no, probably Halo 2s. It's Halo 2s. I gotta say Halo 2. But Halo 3 probably would be the, the beta one. The one where it had like Valhalla, you know, in the background and stuff like that. That's another thing, guys. Uh, I gotta say, like... The beta experience was amazing for me because, you know, the first time, you know, Halo had ever done something like that. First time I ever got to participate in something like that. Brian said it, I think, in the last episode um, we did with Alex that, you know, betas used to be such a big thing, whereas they're more common practice now. And they're not necessarily, you know, for a beta as much as they really advertise it for that. It's more like promotion, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And it really... You know, I don't even know if it was, you know, factually or not, but I didn't care. I was just, it was an amazing experience. Um, I was like, I don't give a, a crap about Crackdown, but I, mean, I will. For, for younger listeners, like, you might think a beta is more common, because it is commonplace now, but there being a beta for Halo 3 was a big deal. Like, it was a big I, deal. I think for most of us, we had never, ever played a beta ever. Like, yeah. That was the beginning. Yeah. So it, all you had to do is, you know, get a copy of Crackdown. And I remember even being unsure if, it would work if you just rented it. I wasn't sure how all that stuff functioned, if you needed some code or, you know, whatever. So I ended up renting it, and I play it, and it worked. And it was beautiful just being able to play on Valhalla and see how the battle rifle worked different and all these different weapons and, and, and Snowbound. And uh, I just, I was so ready. That was like, I could see in the horizon the cusp of what was to come. And it made me so excited using things like the Spartan laser. I think to this day, the Spartan laser is my favorite weapon. I am the most accurate with that weapon than I am with any weapon in a video game. I, I feel like I could hit anybody at any point in any angle, wherever they're going. I was so accurate with that. 
and maybe that's part of my own bias for loving it, but I loved it. I loved you get on Valhalla and you're going on the man cannon for the first time. It, sometimes it was just fun just to go on the man cannon just to I, do it. I remember when they first showed off the man cannon. Like that it's hard to remember that that used to not that was a new feature. It was. Yeah. When they first yeah. showed it off, I was like, "Holy shit, this is going to be the best game ever. A cannon that launches you?" Yep. Like I just couldn't believe it. I thought that was so amazing. Um, and also, I, I keep—I I also forget just how much my hype was based around that freaking bubble shield too, because I just thought that bubble shield seems like the coolest oh, shit ever. It kind of reminded me of Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story Two. Oh yeah, remember when he had that belt and stuff? Yep. We made yeah, the bubble dude. around him. I remember that. Oh, so dude, cool! It was a good time because yeah, I, that's what I loved about the beta was like, okay, I'm launching off the man cannon. I know the Spartan lasers up there. I'm trying to get up there in top mid. You have the turret on the right side. You know, if you're going out the way I'm, I'm talking, you have the crash pelican on the left and stuff like that. You have the side passages. You have the warthogs, you know, and all this stuff. Well, everyone at this point in time, you know, I can feel this as I'm going off the man cannon. I can just remember, you know, everyone. You you could, you could couldn't, you didn't have to talk to these people to know that everyone was freaking excited. And suddenly, like, someone drops the bubble shield. You see it deployed for the first time, and you're like, oh, shit. You know, you're freaking out because you're like, how the, I'm, I don't know how to, like, just completely changes my dynamic of what I was going to do. Like, how do I do this now? And he's like, he's staying in there. Do I go after him? How long does that thing even last? What's the timer? You know, and all this push and pull. And then suddenly, you know, you're right out there with friends on a, on a warthog and you didn't know there's a trip mine on the map and someone drops that trip mine or you just run over it and you're like, what just happened? You know, and you're freaking out and you can rip the turret off and it goes in third person. You're like, my spark Another looks thing, so yeah. pretty, you know, so handsome, you know, and it's just, oh my God. Just thinking, Another thing you take advantage so of, yeah, you take stuff for advantage. Like, you know, the, the equipment was new, the, the taking a, ripping the turret off was new. Yep. Uh, just so many new features that, uh, you know, the man cannon, like I said, uh, it was just like a moment in time. Sometimes things just collide to make like a perfect moment in time. And that's what Halo 3 in 2007 was. Uh, it can't be replicated. Like a lot of it, of course, is nostalgia, but it was also like the, it was the peak of gaming, like gaming as an entertainment, like platform. It was the peak, you know, and then from there on, everything kind of exploded. I look at it like Halo 2's online experience was like just all the land stuff and everything was like lightning in a bottle you know you had the dna there in the first one but then it was lightning in a bottle because of the online experience in two and then three in every way felt more enjoyable to me i'm not saying it's better i'm just saying for me it was more enjoyable mm -hmm. but the only thing it was missing was just the new novelty factor of like oh my god i'm on xbox live you know i've never experienced this before like that's all gone but like in every way shape and form it still managed. It still managed to sort of climb the ladder. It wasn't like you know underwhelming. It wasn't kind of going backwards or anything like that. It still felt like it was pushing forwards and evolving. I loved it for that. Yeah, let's uh, let's tune into another clip of just like what news and media was saying at that time. It was just unbelievable. Boom! Let's do go. it. The wait is finally over. From coast to coast, gamers lined up to get their hands on this little package, Halo Three. Halo Three is here. If it's a big day for gamers, it's a million times bigger for Microsoft. Its Halo series is one of the most successful video game franchises in history. When the second installment was released in 2004, sales skyrocketed past $125 million in the first 24 hours. And Microsoft predicts the newest version will do even better. As of midnight, about 10,000 stores put the heavily hyped Halo on sale starting at $60 a pop. Having conquered the software industry, Microsoft now has a firm foothold in the entertainment business. Dude, it's just never going to be the same. It's just never going to be like that again. I mean, 
I, I, I don't say that like pessimistically because I believe that games can achieve that success now, but like with 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 uh, just like digital purchasing your games digitally and and twitch streaming and you know uh, free to play games and just just the accessibility and the way the medium works nowadays you're never I don't think we're ever gonna directly have a moment like that hate launch of Halo 3 and of course now as well with the pandemic like people don't want to meet in person and congregate like that either yeah. you know so it's just uh it's one of those things where like we're gonna have you know, our kids will be like, like we'll be so excited, like yeah, we had to wait five hours in line for this game, and the kids are like, "What? Why are you talking about that? Like it's exciting. Like, yeah. like I just download my game in an instant and play it. Like why, Dad? That sounds stupid. Why you know, as much as I, I'm not even going to retread over all this, but as much as I, as much as I used to get anxiety about midnight launches, you know, you know when I started when I started going digital and I started just having that stuff pre-downloaded. I mean, you know, magic is definitely lost within that. You know, definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. I like mean, it's like, you're like benefiting, and I prefer it, but like, you know, there's I mean, there's the con. Think about how thick how thick and juicy that uh, freaking the manual was for Halo Three. It was a legit manual that yeah, you could dude. read through and oh, prepare yourself. I remember going to school that like the week you know the, the week of like after Halo Three came out, and everybody was carrying around either their Halo Three manual or their limited edition booklet, and everyone was just talking about it. Like, and and oh man, I gotta get my hands. If if one of you guys in the community can like direct me to a place to buy the Halo Three uh, like Legendary Edition booklet that that came with it, I would love to be able to read that myself because it was here on the podcast the first time we ever had Alex on, where he told me that it mentions Precursor in that mm. Halo Three yep. book, which yeah. blew my mind because I didn't know that. I'm like, wow. Obviously, they didn't have all this stuff planned out, but at the same time, like it's at least mentioned there as early as 2007, yeah. which is so cool. You know, I gotta say. Uh I'm going to try to make this real quick, but my launch experience um, was crazy weird. I got this thing, guys. It's like an OCD thing. I don't know how to describe it, but like, for example, if a movie, if I'm watching a movie and I'm going to eat, I don't start, I don't take a bite until somebody starts talking. I think you started me on that. Okay, I probably did. I think I did that with Justin, too. I got a weird effect for that for some reason. Well, to bring that into... Um, you get all this food prepared, and then seven minutes into the movie or show, you're done eating. You're like, well, I got another two hours to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to bring that into relevancy, though, is going to the, the the midnight launch. I go over to my friend's house. At this point in time, I'm living an hour and a half away from everybody. So, my one friend, Nate, um, I go over to his place. He's got this awesome, really cool like basement area. And uh, we're all excited. My friend, uh, our mutual friend who's in Florida. You know, at this point in time, everyone's kind of out of high school so, you know, fresh out of high school. So things have changed a little bit. And uh, he is going to get this, the big collector's edition with the helmet from this like so cool. third-party website. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember the story. Dude, so that's going to arrive here. Like, it's going to be on your doorstep at midnight or before, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. It's going to be here. And I'm like, I don't see that happening. I do not see a UPS driver showing this up. This is an Amazon like, day. Oh, like your package is here. Sign, please. You know? I'm like, okay, man, you know, like, okay. So he, I didn't have my license at the time, but he did. So he drives us to the GameStop line and we're in line. We're waiting and everything like that. I remember, I think I saw Justin in the, in the, but he was inside. We're way outside. You know, the, the, the line is yeah. just as, as crazy as Brian described it, even though it's a different place, but you guys get the idea. So we're waiting there in line. I remember this guy driving by and he's like, Halo! And everyone was either like, yeah, or everyone was like, oh, God, you know, like, come on, man. But um, so I get the limited edition 
And like Brian said, the disc is loose. And I see this big scratch down like a part of it. And I'm like, you better fucking work. I was like, no (laughs) way, dude. I'm going to have my experience tainted by this. I've already been like, my Xbox already red ringed on me and tried to stop me. I overcame that journey thanks to my dad. You're not going to stop me, disc. So I get home, it plays and it works. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, again, I'm, I'm coming back to the relevancy of what I said before. So Nathan doesn't. He doesn't get the game. He doesn't. It doesn't show up. And I'm so I'm low key like how I'm very OCD guys about planning. Brian can tell you to a fault. If someone changes one aspect of something I planned or that we've agreed upon, I freak out. <laughs> like I freak out. Not necessarily mad, but I'm like, uh, okay, hold on. Let me think about this a little. You know, I'm you got very, way better about it though. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm very. I like things a certain way. I can be a control freak in that regard. I, I acknowledge that. So. We all had, I, I thought, you know, how could you do this? We all had this planned. We're going to get Halo 3. We're going to get on Xbox and do all this stuff. He doesn't have it. So in the same vein of me waiting for someone to talk in a movie before I eat my food, I'm like, no, I'm not going to start playing the campaign until he gets this copy of Halo 3. So even though I'm completely disheartened at the peak of my excitement to play this game, I'm like, Eric... My, our mutual friend, I'm like, let's just go mess around and forge. That's okay, right? It's forge. You know, we're not kind of having experience without them. It's just forge. Let's try it. Let's see what this is. Another friend gets on and we play that for like two hours. And then at that point, I'm like, let's, you know, let's, let's try a little multiplayer. Let's do that. So we jump into multiplayer. We play like two or three matches. I think I got in there with Justin. And then by that point, we retired and we were like, okay, let's go to bed. The next morning, uh, Kmart opens at like 8 a.m. He goes there. I'm like, he drives. I'm like, I'm staying here in your basement by myself. He drives out there to get a copy of it, comes back. And to this day, um, like Brian with the hemp shampoo, um, a little little similar. I, I Every time I hear that music, Luck, that track play at the very beginning and Cortana starts talking and you yeah. hear the Gregorian, you know, um, I think of that moment in that time and I get incredibly nostalgic. I just remember sitting there because four-player co-op, that's another thing. Four-player co-op was such a new thing, and it yeah. didn't work wholeheartedly right. You couldn't even do online two-player co-op in Halo 2, Yeah, let alone four. Yes, so this is suddenly jumps to four-player co-op, and it was it was incredible to, to see that fully realized, and it didn't work right. It never worked right. Somebody always had delay lag where it's like you would yeah. try to move up, and then it wouldn't react until it like a couple seconds ambitious. later. But it was incredible. Not to mention, when you played four-player co-op, the remaining three players were the Arbiter and two other named elites that all had actual places in the lore. And if you played four-player co-op, canonically, all four of them are there. Like, those bonus elites are actually there, like, flying their Banshee in the cutscene, which was so cool. Very Josh, cool. I was say, I don't know what your answer will be to this. It, it might not actually be what I expect, but, like... Can you think of a cooler limited edition game than Halo 3 with its helmet? Because to me, that's that's the best ever. That's the number one. Oh, that's my peak. favorite. That's definitely peak. I don't. I'm not a fan of busts too much. So I mean, every game seems like every game post Halo 2, and and I mean, because Halo 3 kind of falls into that. It's not a bust, but it's a helmet. But like every game seems like it does that when it does some big addition now. Yeah. And for me, like I was like, dude, I'll take a making of documentary any day. You know, over Most time now, you buy the the bus version. Doesn't come with the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy backward shit. It's insane. But yeah, the helmet. What's was... funny is that Halo Three helmet, dude. It has a spot in it to hold Halo One, Two, and Three. Yeah, that's so cool. But now there's so many games that <laughs> couldn't. Even... Yeah, but at the time, it's like that's how you. Know, I mean, I, you're right, but it's like at the time, it's like that's it. All leads to this. This is it. Yeah. This is the culmination of everything. Yep. So yeah, 
You want to hear from our buddy uh, Mikey Cosplay dropping with that? Oh, you damn right. Okay, here we go. Let's see what he has to say. March up to Halo 3. Well, in 06, I was graduating high school, and I actually saw the trailer at home. I was excited. I downloaded it. I showed it to my professor that played with, or my teacher that played Halo. Oh, nice. To my friends. It was all hype. I mean, that hype train was massive. There was no marketing in my book that even came close to what Halo 3 had. Halo 5 had good marketing, but it wasn't to the extent that Halo 3 had with all the fast food cups and food containers, (laughs) you know, game fuel. Mountain Dew made a special soda for Halo 3. Love game fuel. You had swag, the legendary case, or the legendary edition alone was brand new. You just had so many choices. And the the day the game was coming out, it was September 24th, I just called my mom, wished her a happy birthday. My roommate, one of my roommates in my townhouse, books it out the door. He has like 45 to an hour till class. Minutes go by, he comes back, and you just hear this whack at the door. In the window is a Halo 3 case. And he is <laughs> beaming from ear to ear with excitement like me. We get the Xbox set up in the living room in our townhouse. He goes, I have to go to class. Here you go. You get to play Halo 3. But you're playing multiplayer till I get back, and then we play campaign. Yup. <laughs> Seems fair. And it was amazing the first time. I'm sitting there playing Halo 3, getting messages from my buddies, and long story short, at like 12, just after midnight on the 25th, we land the Warthog in the forward on the dawn, and all my friends are just logging in for the first time into Halo. It was a trip, man. That right there, Halo 3's launch, was the way every Halo and every video game needed to be. Period. <laughs> Dude, well said. Dude, you can hear in people's voice the passion they have for this game. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I love you guys so much. Uh, whether you guys send in stuff or not, but, man, yeah, this this stuff means as much to us, um, you know, as it does. If, 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 if just, just for Halo in general, uh, I mean, like I, I said before so many times, but now it's like the most relevant time, I think, ever to mention it. But I am so excited to play halo infinite with you guys because i just brian and feels i feels like hate, we're doing this feels like we're doing halo 3 again feels like we're not gonna the do same, it again. but like it's obviously different but we kind of get a we kind of get a chance to do it again and knowing that so many of our friends we brian and i can think of a couple friends at least that were hardcore halo players or they'll come back around and they'll play it briefly or they'll move on or they're way beyond that now even playing it but like we know you guys are just as excited, if not more excited, and like knowing that we're gonna have like this constant flow of people to play with is, is awesome. Because for me, like you know, it always kind of dies off. It always kind of drizzles off. You have a you know the, the initial hype that's there that first week, the second week, and then people kind of like, okay, I beat the game or I played enough multiplayer. I've gotten I've gotten my fill of it. I'm ready to you know on to the next thing. Well, I don't want to move on to the next thing. I want to just completely experience my dream guys is to experience Halo's multiplayer and sort of like it's just community aspect long term. Like I want to be there like a month after the games come out and it's and I'm still playing it, you know, almost daily with people uh, by myself replaying it through the story trying to get achievements, whatever, you know, and I get to do that now 
you know, because as much of it's like, as much as the podcast is like work in a sense of kind of making content, it's also, it makes it more fun because we get to be more focused. In Halo. Entering Halo Infinite as Sacred Icon is dope. Yeah, dude. It's fucking it's really cool. <laughs> We're really excited. Brian and I are both smiling just saying this, dude. Yeah, and listening to, to that was making us smile. I don't know what Mike said, but it reminded me, I don't know if I've ever told Justin this, but Justin did like not too long after Halo 3, he did a report for school on Halo 3. Mm-hmm. And his in his report, he had like actual quality images of halo 3 i remember one of them was like a spartan using spartan laser and i think it was like trying to make the case for the game or something but i always thought i was because it was just really cool to make a halo like make an assignment out of halo 3 um but yeah thanks so much for sending that in mike uh josh this next uh this next email this voice clip made me laugh really hard uh see if i can show you the image uh i don't think you can I see can't it can't see it too no. much too- i want to see it so bad okay it's okay. a car i can't see but what who is that that's Luigi. <laughs> Who do you think oh, this is from? Shit. You fucking Luigi. Let's let's, let's play. Here we go. Let's play. Says your paper boy coming in with that hot delivery, and it's got <laughs> it's got Luigi on his Mario Kart on his cart, like giving that glare for Mario Kart Eight, where he's like, "I'm gonna kill you." Here we go. I'm so excited. Yo, what to do, sacred boys? It's me, your boy, <laughs> Plumber, aka fucking Luigi. <laughs> I mean, this is Halo 3 we're talking about, right? Like, I'm not really sure I can say anything that hasn't been said before. I know you guys like to use the, the phrase moment in time. Yeah. That's definitely what it is. Bingo card. Yep. Uh, it's a moment in time that, thankfully, thanks to 343 and the MCC, I can keep revisiting as much as I like. 100%. Uh, when I think of Halo 3, I think about playing the game in a stuffy garage in the middle of summer with five or six of my closest friends. Like, nothing else can really compare to how I feel when I remember playing the game back then. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it's kind of nice, you know, having something to fall back on like that uh, when you get older. <laughs> yes. Halo 3 is uniquely in a position where it looks as good as you remember, it plays as good as you remember, the music is true, as amazing as you remember it is, because for whatever reason, Marty and Michael really just knew the secret of like how to make a song make you feel nostalgic even though you're listening to it for the first time. Yeah. There's just Beautifully something said. nice about being able to listen to the game's soundtrack and you know, really crave being a kid again, but also being comforting enough to reassure you in your future. Or at least that's the way I take it. Sure. And hey. with the nostalgia welling up in my eyes as I speak, I think I the feel last that. thing I can say about Halo 3 is that just like with the friends that I associate playing it with, uh, it'll it's always just been there for me as a comfort game. I'll never get bored of clearing the LZ and watching the Ford and the Dawn land on the Ark. Uh, I'll never get tired of fighting through as many freaking flood as I have to to save Cortana. <laughs> and I'll never get tired of eight-player free-for-all. All random weapon starts. Yeah. And I'll never, ever forget Halo 3. Thank you so much, you guys. I love you both. Keep it sacred. Dude, my too, man. My eyes are actually watering up a bit. I think yeah. I'm glad that clip wasn't longer. I may have actually 
since I've been married, I've been getting more emotional. I don't know what it is. I I, I was watching. <laughs> I don't know what it I, is. It's been an. I, ugh. Well, dude, I literally watched. I was watching Parks and Rec last night, and Ben Wyatt proposed to Leslie, mm-hmm. and I cried. I'm not kidding. That's good. Man. I couldn't. I couldn't I, control it. I, I was cried just, almost every. Minute. And and he's talking about Halo Three and how how much it means to him. And I was a moment in time, and I'm just like. If I linger on this thought too long, I'm going to cry because I'm like, it, yeah. it means so okay, much I'll, I'll cry with you, Brian. <laughs> right, dude? It mean, there's no shame. It means so much to all of us, man. It, 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 Halo 3 was more, truly more than a game. You know? Yeah, dude. When MCC was announced, Brian's telling me about all this stuff, bringing it to my attention. Uh, that was one of the biggest reasons I was excited because I felt like I, I didn't really... I had played Halo 4's story and I didn't really... It didn't grab me you know, at the time as much and stuff. So I really thought that you know the only way to really get that same experience wasn't really going to be a new experience as it was going to be in the past and um like just in the past so i mean obviously i don't feel that way now i mean i i look forward to infinite and it's a, a new way to experience all that stuff but i'm so happy we have things like the mcc because it's every time i think about that it's like a way to revisit um revisit that time you know, and, and, and experience it anew. And I mean, I think that's why so many people still play that shit because you have, you can play anything nowadays. There's so many options. So many things are uh, even more accessible, you know? And that's another thing I think about, Josh, you're talking about is like back when Halo 3 came out, I was much more limited in the games I would play. Yeah. Where nowadays it's like, okay, I got to, I have, I'm into a hundred franchises and they're yeah, always launching games. Exactly. You know, yeah, less is so. less is more in that sense, and I think uh, MCC is a very humbling experience when you play it because it reminds you of that. It reminds you when yeah. the world didn't seem as crazy and and you weren't as as stressed or you weren't as like overwhelmed or anything. You know, whatever whatever facet you go through um, as an adult, and you remember when you were young, and you remember when you experienced this specific game or that multiplayer map or. You know, you hear this track playing or, you know, just getting it. I'm telling you, you know, even though MCC had the busted, broken, you know, launch night and everything like that, just being able to get into the lobby and seeing the whole like player found thing. That's one of the most nostalgic uh, moments for me because I'm like, about to say, dude, like, I know I know that some of our haters out there love to call us shills, but like be so I'm so thankful for MCC's existence. Me too. Like. Let's get the things out of the way here. Yeah, it launched broken. Yeah, it took them forever to fix it. But the truth is, their ambition for that project was out of this world. It was actually too ambitious to the point where they shouldn't have made it probably because there really was no way to make that game come out proper with the time frame and budget they had. It, that's why it took so long. They could have just gave us a Halo 2 anniversary for the Xbox One call of the day. Obviously, so there were a lot of cooks bit, in that kitchen, uh, but uh, yeah. shout out to Dan Ayub, who I think as of yesterday just finished his last yeah. day at Microsoft because he was one of the spearheads for, for exactly not just wanting to do it 10, ten years, years ago. ago. I love it, dude. Oh, how uh, wrong you were. But it was such a great, great time, dude. Um, that was really to live in that. Yeah, I remember that too, guys. No, 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 you're okay. I live in it too because... My friend Eric, I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. I'd mentioned Eric before, right? Well, I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. We're reconnecting. He's got a kid now and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this is crazy. And, you know, I, I was fresh out of a relationship. And, you know, I was reconnecting with Brian, you know, which is what, Brian's the one who made me aware of MCC, you know, being a thing. So I'm just starting to reconnect with people. And Halo is kind of there at the, the forefront of, like, what I'm looking forward to. This Now that this relationship hasn't worked out, I could sit there and be depressed. But I actually have something on the horizon that's making me excited and making me do things with people. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, this is amazing. Like, 
I've never gotten this with any other game where they sort of like make it um, relevant again, you know, unless it's a sequel. So having this old experience become new again was just amazing. And I'm talking to Eric and he there's times we had moments where we could have hopped on and played a multiplayer game together like Halo 4. Let's say we could have we could have jumped on and played something. But I was like, no, let's wait until MCC comes out and make it special. And uh, it didn't work out because it was a busted experience and, and stuff like that. In the but, beginning, but now, yeah. but now it works, and I get to do that with so many people. One of the best packages, and I'd say, unless I'm forgetting some, I, I think it is, and I'm obviously biased. I think it's the best package in gaming. It is. I think it's only like forty, or it goes on sale a lot for thirty, forty bucks. It's got so much included. It's still getting updated. They're bringing in new maps and cosmetic items Dude. for Halo Three. Like th- you can't ask for a better way to relive the Halo Three experience than MCC no, in 2020. Man. Yeah. It, okay. So it's 2018, guys. I'm probably factually wrong on this, but it's 2018, and I get on one day because they've had this new update. And 2018 is like when I remember the game working. That was I the get year. on. Yeah. And I I I go on. It loads up Valhalla, big team battle. I go on, grab the Spartan laser, I'm shooting people, I'm getting killed, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, as the match, you know, starts to fade to black with the sort of, you know, you know, uh, showing everyone's gamer tags and the kills and everything and the total, I'm like, I just leaned back in my chair and I took a deep exhale and I thought, it works. Like, it finally works. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, I put so much stock into it. I put so much joy into it. You know, uh, the MCC at launch night and everything and, and going through the process I went through. Because Brian can tell you, I mean, I definitely handled it way worse than, than Brian did. Brian was much more mature about it. I was like, this is bullshit. It was tough. So it was like a weird, it was like a weird, uh, it was like a bad date. I don't know. I, I thought it, it was like I'm reconnecting with this old friend and it goes terribly. And I thought it was going to go really yeah, good. Well, for, you know, for so many people, I would say more or less, including Josh, I think. Uh, at that time, like Halo hadn't been in a good spot for them for a while. People who didn't like Halo Four, so MCC was this big come comeback moment. It was a love letter, yeah. And uh, since it didn't work, they you know that was hard for a lot of people. Luckily, I was in the camp of someone who really liked Halo Four, so but it still hurt me a lot too. Not having MCC work, and you know we we know that nobody at the studio wanted to to plan yeah. go out like that. I remember watching a video from Green School at one point where he mentioned that he was like at the at, at some event playing Halo 5's beta or whatever, yes. and he. The, the, the some of the staff members of 343 were there and he was there as they all kind of were scrambling and, and finding out that MCC didn't work and just how they reacted was that like is a, a horrifying oh shit yeah it's yeah. horrifying but uh, to get back on track but yeah dude it's so nice to be able to to go and experience that it's because you know what I mean there's so many games I want still to this day that I don't have like a, a current version a modern version to play for I already yeah. have to get another older console and Couture. stuff like that yeah exactly so you know, it's nice to know I can literally go boot up Halo 3 on MCC and they have all this other shit they've added to it. And I'm like, well, I, you know, guys, I haven't even played some of the new maps that they imported over from uh, Halo Online. And I'm like dying to do that because I, I, I wanted that. You know what? When I was when I first heard the Forge was going to be a thing, um, I was kind of excited at the thought of like them bringing um, maps, you know, very popular maps into the, the, the official rotation. Well, then when I play Reach. And I start to see that Brian prefaces with me and he's like, these are kind of like, like, it's just sale. It's just gray, you know, coloring, you know, and, yeah, and everything. cosmetically like, pretty bad. Yeah. So I look at it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see why I don't like this. Even if it's a remake of Ascension in Forge, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want this officially. But my point is, is that I love the idea of what's old is new again. 
And I love that they're doing that with something like Halo 3 because I have yeah. so much nostalgia there. Yeah, I, I mean, Halo 3 has been paid. And they've also, we never talked about this, the uh, the hit scan issues with the multiplayer. They fixed Oof. that in the MCC. So you just can't ask for, you know, they're paid, they've, so much respect has been paid to not just Halo 3, but Halo as a franchise entirely. Yeah. Um, and I just love the work 3 for 3 is doing there and the position that we're in now with that game. Um, Josh, let's go ahead and play the last uh, trailer. This is the announcement trailer for Halo 3, the original one. Uh, let's go ahead and, and see how that goes. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Josh, when you first saw that, were you as, did you feel the chills and the goosebumps I felt? You have kind of like the smoke and Chief walks out of it and you, Cortana comes over and you're just like, you're just trying to imagine what it's going to be like to conclude this trilogy. I'm emotional thinking about it because the moment he does that and it plays that fucking music. Uh, yeah, that Piano takes key me. you always talk about. That takes me, yeah, that's that's where it started. That was the inception. It takes me to that place. And, uh, you know, even when I think about just the intro. You know, and she's talking like Halo in a lot of ways has evolved so much past Master Chief, even though he's still sort of at the face of it. But like mm-hmm. at that time, you know, it really felt like this was, you know, you had this personal connection with Chief. You know, you were him or he was your best. He was like this friend that's in this game, you know, and like when I saw that announcement trailer and he walks out of the smoke and you see him, I'm like, that's my friend. You know, like I know that face, you know, like there he is, you know, and yeah. And, uh, 
It makes me emotional thinking about it. Plus, I mean, all the ominous undertone it had going on with Cortana and everything. And I'm like, uh, is she going to die in this game? But I was just more so, so excited just to see Chief. Can again. we save her? You know? Yeah. Because you know, the whole, like, don't make a girl a promise and like, the grave mind's got her. And you're just like, man, what's going to happen in this game? Just dying to get that story. Chills. Uh, Josh, as we start our, dis- uh, it's funny, I would say, as we start our descent into the end of this episode, we've probably got a solid 30 minutes left, if I'm honest, with everything that's left to go here. But I want to kind of, I-, I posted on the Twitter beforehand um, a question, or more so a statement, just to get people's responses. I'm kind of going to share some of those with you now. Uh, what we posted on the Twitter was, Halo 3 felt like it was the biggest event in history back in 2007. Truly unforgettable. Um first response we got from we can kind of just go through these just we're gonna spend a lot of time on but oh, from uh, gavin campbell from joining myspace to losing a beloved family pet and beginning high school halo 3 was a breath of fresh air after a whole bunch of life-changing experiences that's i get that buddy um that's why i actually got oblivion was because a family dog passed away and my dad uh, knew i wanted that so that really helped me kind of cope with that experience definitely get that. yeah that that's a, that's a real thing man um just amazing how games can can help us segue out of those emotional yeah i remember like, naming the the first horse i got and not that you could officially name it but just head cannon i named it after that dog and it was a way to kind of yeah help me through that so uh, yeah great answer um edward torres says it was a cultural event and he shares a picture of i can't remember all their names but it's frank o'connor and a few other bungee people uh, next to a cosplaying master, master chief in front of like New York Times Square. Yes, I have to say real quick because I meant to say this earlier and I forgot. Uh, I said it a long time ago in a random episode, but guys, there was this. There, if you just go on YouTube and you type in Halo Three Midnight Launch or something, so many people, so many guys took their cameras and stuff and they recorded it, and you can just be a fly on the wall for those experiences. Yeah. And I watched this one, and it makes me think. It makes me think of Brian and I now because we don't live around one another. But there is a moment where in this one particular video these these two guys are in two different places and they're in line you know at their respective stores and the one guy's like talking to his buddy on the phone and he's looking up at the moon he's like i'm looking up the moon you looking up at it too you know and it's just this this moment where like you share part of that experience is the love you have with your friends and the experience of doing this going through this excitement together it's so great to be excited you know when with friends when they're excited for the same thing and you were just vibing off one another and it creates a sense of euphoria that you live in it's like a bubble of excitement and if you step out of it to go to work to go to school you know to go do chores to go do something else it's like you can't wait to get back into that bubble because it's there waiting for you it's great yeah yeah it's it's uh (laughs) Like I've said several times already in this podcast, it was more than a game. I mean, it really was. And if you if you weren't there to experience it, like I hope this podcast and these experiences yes. that people have shared helps you to kind of kind of helps kind of paint a picture. Plus, you know, and the crazy thing is, is and I think it's important to drive home is like you know, people had, despite it being a certain place in time, people had similar like younger people who maybe got into the series later had similar experiences with maybe the launch of Halo 4 or 5 yeah, or, or whatnot. And oh, absolutely. Well, we're focused on 3. I mean, we're not just acknowledging that that was yeah. uh, a lot of people's experiences for some of the other Halo games, for sure. Um, we got another response from Jack the Amazing Kid 092. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. I remember staying up late playing Halo 3 multiplayer and meeting new friends that haven't been online on in years, also including the campaign. Great memories. Dude, Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about? That's such a memeable thing nowadays, but it's the whole like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to go to bed. I'll you, you going to be on tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, man. And then last online nine years ago. 
I know, right? You just hear that Halo, that the damn sad Halo music. I think it's the <laughs> Never Forget track, but it's like, oh, God, my it's crazy. It's crazy how Xbox is willing to tell you, like, oh, remember when you played with that guy nine years ago? Yeah, it's like that scene. Yeah. I think somebody memes it was like uh, from the the last Fast and Furious with Paul. Uh, what, yeah. Oh yeah, and, and he's like... Uh, He's driving off, and, he, and then the other guy's driving off, and he's like, see you tomorrow? He's like, yeah. And then it does that whole, like, last online, like, eight years yeah. ago, nine years ago. Yeah. And, all that. Oh, and I feel uh, that with Halo than any anything else. Sometimes I would go, I would go on my 360, and you guys remember in the recent player section how it would show all the players you had in matches, and it would say, like, last played, you know, or last met with, whatever it said, like, 35 days ago, or it's 200, and, you know, or something like that. I kind of loved that, too, and I would get nostalgic for a time at yeah. times. So, yeah. Uh, we got another reply from Stealth Gaming that says, Halo 3 is what made me want a 360 so bad. I couldn't wait to play it. Xbox had the cool games in my mind. You know, <laughs> that sounds silly, but I think me and Josh are on the same page. There was just something about the Xbox. Primarily, it started with the original Xbox, where you just looked at that system, you looked at its game and its games, and you thought, that's the cool system. That's where all the cool shit is. It's kind of like Josh mentioned in the past, where I'm actually going to be the first one to bring it up for once. You know, like he got brute force, and he's like, "Oh, this is going to be just as good as Halo because it's on the Xbox." <laughs> oh, I love that brute force got brought up on the podcast by me. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Halo, Halo, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Brute Force Podcast. That's on the uh, top right of your bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, no, yeah. but it's like you just thought the system was the system with the cool shit. Oh, dude, you, you know? had Voodoo Vince, you had Blinks, the Time Sweeper, you had you know things like Halo. Obviously, you had brute force, you had uh, you know some of their exclusive the sports titles and stuff like that, and then you get into the 360 era. And you're starting to see these sequels now fully realized with the new graphical capabilities. You get new franchises like Gears of War and stuff like that. And I mean, it was just that was so amazing. It was so cool. Uh, last one I'll pull from here is from Vasan, who says, "I have no doubt Infinite will bring that hype back. I sure hope so, buddy. Me too. I really do. You know what? I, and I'm feeling good about it. But you know, it's it's a different time. But man, just to relive some of the, if we can even get a cusp." Of the time of Halo 3's peak. Well, I think that's that's the way I look at it. It's like I don't... Everyone's got a different entry point into the Halo franchise. So I, I know everyone's kind of got that sort of topic, nostalgic experience that uh, has so many years of nostalgia attached to it that it can't be beat, right? It can't be beat. But you still want to try to get to that high again. In, in the Like if you take away the nostalgia and you're... And you're like let's say, let's say you just take away... Or you, you, you're looking at the launch experiences of every game that you had, you know, for whatever ones you did. And then you add infinite into that fold. You know, if you remove all the nostalgia and everything, how does that stack up? You know, was this actually more like objectively, you know, exciting, you know, or, you know, how subjective and, you know, are you being with that because of nostalgia? So I like, I could see it being as exciting as some of the launch nights. I could see it being more excited for, uh, more exciting than, than it was for Halo 5 for me, for example. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The cool thing is, is that it's going to create. We're already in a new stage of nostalgia. We're curating the nostalgia, doing yep. episodes like this, you know, doing the podcast, being in the community with you guys, interacting on Twitter, and we're going to be nostalgic for this time. Brian, you were smiling. You know, crazy. You say something. If we ever do a launch of, if we ever do like a the launch of Halo Infinite episode, yeah, it's going to be a long one because it started in 2018 <laughs> and it went all the way to 2020. Yeah, it's gonna, that's going to be a long, thick, juicy yeah. episode. But yeah, I can't yeah, but wait. This, this is we've said it before, Josh, but. 
we're going to look back on this time of us all waiting for Infinite for what feels like forever with some nostalgia, for sure. We're going to be like, I remember the hype, waiting for that Inside Infinite update to get glimpses of that game before we played it. We're going to be happy about this. Yeah, dude, I have zero expectations with the story. Like, So I feel like no matter what it is, I'm going to yeah. enjoy it. I have no, yeah. I have nothing like on the sort of bingo card of that of what I want to like happen. Yeah. Or I just, I just want to play it. And I know that I have so many people to play multiplayer with, and I know I can think of a couple people that are definitely going to come back around and get excited for Halo again because it's relevant. And Chuck, this is such a reboot of, of Halo. We need to make laminated bingo cards with our sayings. We do, we do, we do. But I'm so excited, cool. guys. I'm excited because I get experience with uh, I get experience it with you guys. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I cannot tell you. I say that so much, but I cannot fully properly express just how desensitizing it was sometimes like getting online and you see people have just kind of fell off you know i love love justin but when we played gears of war 3 you know we, we primarily got on the multiplayer and he kept wanting to beat the campaign while i kept wanting to play the multiplayer every time we were on so eventually i relent and i'm like yeah let's finish the campaign brian hops on and plays it with us he didn't he did not hop on with me as far as i can remember he didn't hop on with me and we didn't play multiplayer in gears of war 3 after that so, I mean, that's kind of a more extreme example, but it wasn't because of anything. It's just because... Nowadays, there's just, just too many move. games, too. You, you feel like it's hard for people to stick to one. Exactly. One and I see how much you guys are so invested in aspects of Halo that I'm even not. Like, the books, to an extent, you know, and stuff like that. And I think you guys are going to definitely be there. And it kind of, like, it's reassuring to me, I think, that I'm going to have that... Um, that I'm going to be able to go to you guys, and if Brian's not available or this person's not available, I can I can just pop in the Discord and be like, "All right, guys, uh, I'm going to hop on. Is there anybody available? You know, and we can just go in and have some crazy shenanigans and stuff." Cool. Josh, I need you to put your listening ears on because I got a, an email written in from uh, I think his name's Andrew. Okay. Um, and uh, cool. it's a long one. Yeah, well, Brian, where can uh, people, if, if people want to send in more emails, where can they do that at? You want to write an email, write into sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Thank you so much for doing this, buddy. Let's hear it, Brian. All right. Long one, guys, so bear with me. I love it. What up, guys? I've recently discovered your podcast and think I've listened to about 90% of your episodes at this point. Dang, I thought I was a Halo nerd and knew a lot about the lore. Y'all are on a different level, in a good way. <laughs> I may be sitting at Heroic while you guys are easily clearing Legendary, nah. LOL. I really appreciate your guys' take on things. So many other mediums are full of all the negative things that people don't like about Halo, and I appreciate that you guys can acknowledge the bad without being disrespectful, all while informing people of all things Halo. What's funny is that after listening to you guys for a while, I have been thinking of starting a podcast myself. Do it. Do it. My idea has... To, has been to us here. My idea was to be a nerd podcast with a range of topics. Then in one of your episodes, you mentioned that idea. I have been a diehard Halo fan since the day I walked into my buddy's house and saw a few friends playing multiplayer. I was in high school at the time, and I had never seen anything like it before. I was a PlayStation guy up to that point. After playing Halo Combat Evolved once, I went up and went into GameStop and traded in my PS2 for an original Xbox and a copy and never looked back. My favorite that I have from my Halo experience is a lead-up to Halo 2. As a Seattle native, I grew up just north of where Bungie was making the games. That's awesome. Yeah. When Halo 2 was coming out, Bungie had a pre-release party at the Experience Music Project. Oh, whoa. Big building in Seattle that looks like multicolored trash. <laughs> a friend of mine worked at a local radio station and was going to cover the event. He asked me if I would like some tickets to the event because he knew how much I loved Halo. Of course, I said yes. 
He gave me four tickets, so me and a few friends loaded up in the car the day of the event and headed down to Seattle. All of us are Halo freaks and are giddy with anticipation. Forgot to mention, this party was the day before the launch of Halo 2. Oh. We show up, and the line is backed up around the building. Everyone is in line talking about every detail we have received about the game up to this point. Sounds like right now with Halo Infinite. Uh, there was a big display board like they have outside of sports arenas, and on it was footage of multiplayer battles. We soon learned that this footage was not pre-recorded. It was live from inside the event. Oh, that's cool. As we get closer and closer to the door, we are given a raffle ticket for later on as they raffle off prizes. The number before us and after us won. One got the steelbook copy of the game, and the other got the four-foot-tall statue of Master Chief crouching with dual SMG. Oh, come on. Before and after. I know. I want that statue. We were so close. Anyway, we get inside and are ushered to a LAN party setup. They had three sets of 6 by 6 battles going on, so the first thing we do inside is get handed a controller and told, go. It was amazing. My buddy from the radio station is sitting there interviewing me as I get my bearings on. Ivory Tower. One of the Bungie employees comes over, I don't remember his name, because he notices the recording stuff and is kind of helping us in explaining things that are new in the game. I fall into the waterfall. I'm sure you remember Ivory Tower's waterfall in the courtyard. And I thought I fell off the map. Nope. I fell right into a rocket launcher. I freak out and pick it up and set off in search of a victim. I see an enemy player up a ramp, and the employee with us says, You see how those guys... You see how that guy's name is BNG Bucky? That means he's a Bungie employee. So naturally, I launch a missile of death at him, <laughs> and then I scream, Ah, Bucky's dead! <laughs> and yes, the joy. that clip made it into the radio. That was my first kill ever in Halo 2. I killed a Bungie employee. LOL. That's badass. <laughs> After you. the game, we are free to walk around and mingle with other players, and more importantly, the Bungie employees. Guys, everyone was there. I got to meet Joe Staten, Marty, oh. Frank... Nate, who was the guy who designed the brutes, I met everyone. It was insane. All of us were looked at all of us looked at these guys like they were freaking rock stars, and yet they were the most humble and down-to-earth group of dudes you could imagine. They were the nicest guys ever and didn't mind answering our questions and just hanging out with us. We were all on Fantasy Island because of the game and meeting them. And they were on Fantasy Island because everyone loved it. It was truly a remarkable day. I have one theory on how they could save Cortana. I can't take full credit for this theory, because in the back of my mind, I feel like I've seen it before, but I can't put my finger on where. Maybe it will sound familiar. Anyway, AIs are based on a human mind. For instance, Cortana is based on the mind of Dr. Halsey. So what if after all the time Cortana spent inside Master Chief's mind, she was able to split off a piece of herself and use Master Chief's mind to create a new, innocent version of herself? That sounds pretty crazy, bro. This way, a part of Cortana still lives, and we get a payoff from the relationship between Cortana and Master Chief that has been hinted at for so long. Essentially, this new AI is already inside Master Chief, learning but not speaking. Taking, to, taking in all the info it can figure out uh, what, is, what it is and where it came from. At some point in the game, it wakes up and makes itself known to Master Chief. Thing of it is, Master Chief now has a part of Cortana with him that is just as much him as her. We get the emotion from him that we haven't seen, plus he now has a paternal instinct to protect his new AI, even more because it is a part of him as well. I think that would be crazy, but in lore and in game, it makes sense. I enjoy what you guys are doing, and I look forward to future content that you guys put out. Keep it up, and I'll see you in the next episode. And as always, keep it sacred. Ah. A new fan for life, AJ Frere. Oh, dude. P.S. 
Uh, I sent this from my work email, so please use my personal email if you don't respond. <laughs> um, oh, buddy. Thank you so much, man. Dude, meeting... Okay, like, meeting anybody from Bungie or 343 would, would put me on next level. But, like, my... my And maybe it's just, you know, rose-tinted fan glasses, but my hero of Halo is Joe Staten. That guy... I always I watched the Halo Two documentary and I always just felt like I related to him. I yeah, like I I always felt the know, pull. I, just, I gravitated toward him. Yeah, but I loved so many different different faces in there. But but yeah, I gravitated. It's just to him. yeah. You know, I, now that he's with Infinite, it just makes it so much cooler. Too. There's something to be said within this pandemic that really that you said brought to light, buddy, is that you know for these guys, you know, and they're working in their cubicles, well, not bunch of cubicles, but uh, these people are working, designing these games, staring at these screens, and pouring in endless hours doing this stuff. And it's got to be so rewarding from their perspective to go see people having fun playing their games because the only other time they know of that, the only other window they have to that is online. And we all know how trash online can be. So if you look at 2021, in today's times, even last year, you know, with this pandemic going on and we don't have an outpost discovery, we don't have stuff like that where they can get to see fans' excitement for Halo Infinite in person. All they have is what we can react online. And it's all the more important that we steward you know, such a positive, you know, supportive, constructive criticism type of uh, outlook with that stuff because that's their only window to it. And these guys are still charging away trying to work at this game and, and, and make it what it is. And I mean, I think about Halo 3's experience and, and if I could meet, I just, I don't know. I ramble so much. I don't know how I would just geek out, man, if I ever got to meet one of those guys. Honestly, about. if I got to meet some guy I've never heard of at 343 who did like Infinite's Grass, I would be like, dude, it is such a pleasure to meet you. I know. I wish there was a way you could just <laughs> yeah. kind of know that stuff because like know who did what so I could go up and yeah. be like, listen, bro, this is going to sound super ridiculous, I know, but the way you design those trees, like I, I love those trees on Valhalla, dude, like without the map, without those trees on that map, it's just not as fun. Like, dude, I can remember so many times of picking in and out of cover and shooting these people and getting into these battles and stuff like that and trying to make that person feel like it was so worth all the hard work they put into it because they deserve to hear that. Can you picture having that person on the podcast and being like, you know, so Tim, what was your, what was your uh, thought process behind the way the blades of grass move? And he's like, I just tried to make it look like regular grass. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you guys are making way too much out of this. Yeah. Um, but we got uh, we got another uh, message sent in from an, our newest patron. I, I Sorry if I mispronounce your name. It looks like... Uh, real quick, real quick. I just want to say okay, thank you so much for sending that in, buddy. Guys, we love getting to hear stuff like that, whether, it's vo- whether you want to send in a random voice clip or a random email or something like yeah. that. We'll read it off on the show. I'm glad you said that, Josh, because I actually, his email was so long, I forgot to reply to the other part, his Cortana theory. You know, that could happen. That's possible. I like I like your thinking. But my guess would probably be after Halo 5's backlash, I think they're I think they're gonna try to avoid anything that might come off as convoluted or a little too much, uh, uh you know, wrapping your head around it. So I think whatever they're gonna do something with Cortana, that's obvious. But whatever they do with Cortana and Infinite, I think it's gonna try to be really forward and streamlined. I, I just I don't see them I don't see them making it too too crazy to understand after five, you know? What do you think, Josh? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you guys know the lore more than I do. I'm the multiplayer guy. So. Well, we'll see soon. I don't know. I'm curious. Um, Small so, brain, but good hands. Big hands. <laughs> sorry if I mispronounced your name. It looks like Halix or Halix Diaz. Diaz um, says, Hi, Brian and Joshua. Love Hello. from the UK. Oh, nice. So happy to come across your podcast today. Not sure if you've spoke about this before, but what do you think should happen to Agent Locke moving forward? I think his design was too good to kill him off. 
as we're suspecting from the Mega Bloks toys. Yeah. Thanks. By the way, that was a question for the podcast, if that's okay. Yeah, it's totally okay. Yeah, it's okay, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being a patron. Um, yes, thank you so much. Okay, I'll, I'll go first, Josh, and I'll just say, truth truth be told, when I played Halo 5, you know, we've been up before, when I played Halo 5 back in the day, I was irritated with the story, I was upset, so naturally I kind of was like not a big fan of Locke, but with, as with many things in life, as time has gone on and I've had more time to let Halo 5 sit, uh, read books, you know, play the game over and over again, think about that character, I really do like Agent Locke. I would like to see him expanded in some way. I'm okay with him not being an infinite. It'd be cool if he showed up in a story DLC. It'd be cool if he showed up in a spinoff game. Even if it was something as, as as simple as he just gets his own book, I mean, I would like to see more of him. I think there's potential there that he could, that could, he could definitely do a lot more and be a, a lot better character. So I don't want to see him killed off. I know we did see what he's what what uh, what he's referring to is... Um, the Mega Bloks, there was like a Mega Bloks yeah. leak a long time ago where it looked like a brute was wearing Locke's oh, armor yeah. as like or a yeah. trophy. Wasn't there which, a thing with the helmet so. too? Or was it just the, Yeah, the helmet yeah. was like on his shoulder yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that I, you know, I will say this. The, the idea of him being dead and then having some DLC campaign in which you get to experience playing as him, how he dies, is kind of unique and fun in that. It's a fun thought, I think, in that way. But... Yeah, I would prefer them to not kill him off, at least not yeah. yet. And um, you don't you need to have a him... problem with killing off characters too. Yeah, too many good characters have been killed off, so we need to we need to kind of let some sit for a while. Well, I think it'd be good to have Locke. I think the best thing they can do, the best approach, is to have Locke be a part of that story, even if it's DLC. Yeah. But not force him, like sort of shove him in your face, kind of like he was there for Halo Five, you know, because it didn't go too well. He's the equivalent in a lot of ways of like what Jar Jar is to a lot of people for the Star Wars prequels, in that. You know, he was this character that was focused as, you know, one of sort of the main group, the main cast and everything. But then the people just didn't like the character. And then Jar Jar kind of got shit on in, in canon. And I would love if there was like a, a DLC later for Infinite and the DLC was just like Locke wakes up on Zeta Halo mm -hmm. from like from a battle, from a fallout. He like went unconscious and he's like he wakes up and he's like in the middle of a banished encampment and like the the DLC is just like Locke getting his way out as like a one man army or something just to kind of make you love the character. I mean yeah. there's so much they could do. I would love if it was years. something like that with Spartan Palmer, except then she finds another Spartan and looks just like me. And then we like ah, yes. get together and kinda And she's like, make love to me Spartan Josh. Yeah, we have a little smashy smashy grunt birthday party on uh um, say to Halo. But so anyway, uh yes. yes. You know, I I love that. I just don't want to see I don't think you need to make um, Spartan Locke. You don't need to undermine him. You don't need to like make him a, a mainstay, so to speak. Like you don't need to put him at the forefront of things. But like you can still have him there, be a part of the story. And I think that would really help people retroactively enjoy his role in Halo. I think 5. it'd be really bad to kill him off. He's on the front cover of Halo Five, and he's the he's the main character. Yeah, Halo don't 5. do it's it. Just too much don't to kill it. him off. I think. Yeah. Um, so I want to throw it out there, guys. Uh, some of our info. If you want to write an email in, that's sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. If you want to be if you want to become a patron for as low as a dollar, get some perks, support the podcast. That is patreon.com slash sacred icon podcast. Bang, bang. Uh, the Ryan, best, give me the bang, best bang. place to reach bang, bang. <laughs> no. Josh is like, you said like bang, bang. Like, did I do it bang, right? Like, did I do this right, Josh? Um, best place to reach us. We're always active on the Twitter. That's at sacred icon pod. Um, you can find Josh specifically at jovial Joshy, and you can find me at Brian's Bane. Josh, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our patrons. Let's who do have it, been man. So supportive. Fuck it. Uh, 
Our most recent patron, um, oh, I think I actually just figured out that I how to pronounce the name because of the email address. Okay. I think it is Alex Diaz. Okay. Nice. Uh, that's our newest patron. Thank yeah. you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Alex. Um, we saw that. We got so excited. If any of you think about becoming a patron for a dollar and then you're like, nah, it's only a dollar, rethink yourself. Because when we see a dollar, that just tells us that you see monetary value in our podcast. Yeah. It, it makes our whole entire day, please, that would be amazing. But It also, really does feel, make us feel good. It's yeah, best Don't so feel bad valid. if you don't, though, either. No, it's okay um, if you don't, but it really does. It makes us feel like, holy shit, people actually like listening to us. Yeah. It's, man. Yep. What are, and I, if we by some chance seem like super confident people, don't get me wrong, we got our confidence levels, but like at the same time, we it is still so flattering to feel that that people actually enjoy listening to us. Well, and what's crazy is like, and it's not it's not at all a contest, but like I've seen people who have had patron or like been content creators for a long time, and they don't have the patron support we do, which just lets us know we have amazing community of people that are supporting us. Yeah. Um, next is our buddy who wrote in, Montana Menace. Thank you so much for your patron support. That's right, support. man. You heard of that Phantom Menace, but then in came Montana Menace, swept it out. He, You are you are the ruler of Montana. Right. <laughs> uh, next, we got our buddy, Forbear. Thank you so much, Forbear, Austin. Forbear, keeping up with them streams, buddy. Loving. I what can't remember what he said the other day, but he said something about how he's so excited to be a part of our community, and I'm just like, I love you, dude. Let me. I, I want love to him so hug much, you, man. When he put out that Barnlink video last year, I was like, "Who is this dude?" Uh, subscribe <laughs> instantly. I was like, uh, "Next, we got Armageist. He's been supporting us for a while." Armageist. Next, Beautiful we got name. fucking Ouija. Fucking Ouija. Kill me that from behind with the assassination. Oh, I died when I saw it. Because I don't know if you, Josh, I don't think you were a part of it, but like back when Halo, or not Halo, Mario Kart 8 came out, it was, there's memes everywhere. Oh, yeah, where like he would the slow-mo death thing. Scare. He would, yeah. So dude. when I got an email and that popped up, I, I lost it. Dude, so thank you for that. I hope I get to play with you um, in Halo Infinite, man, because I would love the idea. I love just the thought of getting assassinated by you or something like that and then just screaming that. Josh, <laughs> <laughs> like you trek on down the the yeah oh man is your uh, yeah every time if I get killed by him I'm just gonna be like are you you fucking Ouija who was, who was that who oh, fucking Ouija. Ouija man uh Josh what's your favorite is your favorite cereal Codios because he's been supporting us for a while it is Thank man you. I love it it's healthy it's good tasting and it's good for you definitely <laughs> <laughs> it was a good sell it was a damn good sell. <laughs> thanks so much Cody. I love it uh next uh Josh you know. Josh was so pathetic, he made his own patron and gave to us. It's Joshy Big Boy. Oh, suck my no, ass, Brian. You know what's I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's just That's actually a different around. Josh. Ah! Thank you, Joshy Big Boy. Thank you, Joshy Big it. Boy, so much. You were the biggest man. of all boys. Uh, Ryan Barca. <laughs> <laughs> loved, your, loved your voice uh, clip. Thank you so much. Ryan Barca, you, the second we asked for voice clips, it was about four minutes later we had yours. Thank you for that support. On Dude. top of your patron support. Love you so much, Ryan. Thank you so much, buddy. Next, we got Dustin Mondre. Dustin Mondre. Thank you so much for that support, bro. Dustin, love you. love you, man. We kicked this podcast off with our buddy, Anthony Nicolosi. Love his personality, Halo just Koala the way he just sucked you right into this podcast with his setting a picture of Halo 3 for you. Uh, Anthony's the kind of guy that I would probably be really quiet when he's talking because like, I he makes me laugh so damn much whenever yeah. he speaks. Something him. about his, uh, his demeanor is very... If you guys finish this podcast and you want to hear more of... Me for some reason I am I guessed it on one of his uh, po- podcast episodes uh, Craig Walla. Ryan, you, you, um, that's the most humble way to avoid sounding vain, but uh, yeah, people right. are definitely going to want to listen to you, man. <laughs> uh, next, we got Corey Hanks. Thank you so much for your continued support, dude. Um, the not that anybody needs to or should feel the need to, but I just had to give a shout out Corey. He was the the only person who ever just gave us like a direct patron gift. 
He joined. He's like, I love you guys. I want you guys to feel supported. Boom. Drops the gift. And I'll never forget it. it was yeah, just, that was, I never had that. Before. It was so validating so. to think that like people saw us as that much of yeah. we had that much worth or something like that was just really, really amazing. amazing. Love. I love it. He's so unabashed. I don't know if that's the right word in his opinions. He's just like, he'll be like, he'll be like, oh, yeah, they did a great job on Halo 4. But then in the same breath, he'll be like. Well, Halo 5 was dog shit. Okay, bro. All right. All right. Cool, dude. Uh, Thanks so much, Corey. Yeah. Next, we got the dude who sent us those amazing Slurpee 7-Eleven That's right. uh, Halo Cups. I got right here. Can you hear him? Can you hear him go through? (laughs) This sounds so weird, don't it? You know what that sounds like? What's that sound? It sounds like that's what they use to make like doors opening and closing in Halo Infinite. They use that. That's me and uh, Spartan Palmer clapping cheeks on. Oh, man. Let's move on. (laughs) Thank you, Kilimanjaro. Thank you for them cups. And having Josh make an inappropriate comment. <laughs> Next, we got Oni Baby. Oni Baby. <laughs> Thanks, man. Love Since you, last summer, dude. Oh, work is going Baby. good. Listening to these podcasts, buddy. Mm. Next, we got some protein. Protein jugs. Everyone look out. <laughs> <laughs> the face Josh just made was disgusting and hilarious. <laughs> Thanks so much, buddy. Josh, I want to. I just want to. I want to. I want to get protein jugs and fucking Ouija in a room together. Oh yeah. shit. Uh, next, we got our boy Mikey Cosplay dropping in from the ceiling. Drop thank you for in. that podcast. Uh, uh, in, thank you for sending that that uh, voice clip to our podcast. Love the memories you shared with us there, um, and also get the get these chili beans off my feet, dude. Hey, hey love you so much, man. One of these days, I got to randomly drop in the, uh, the 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 commercial I did for you with the the Halo Infinite Halo Four Mel Chili. Oh my goodness, mm. uh, love oh, you yeah, so much, man. One. Love you so much. Next, we got Genesis. Genesis, thank you so much, bro. dude. You have been supporting us since June of last year. Yeah, our supporter from so Down much. Under. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, love you, man. Ian Big Dog Mills. We had him on the podcast. If you haven't listened to it, go and check it out. He's been supporting us since May of last year. Love that dude. Yeah, Ian's been killing it lately uh just in the halo community just all the stuff he's trying to do and whatnot definitely check out his videos on youtube just like forebear stuff like that uh they're doing some great stuff guys doing a lot of great content uh photon i feel like i haven't seen enough of that dude i, I love photon i think he's just uh i think he's currently busy with some other things but i love photon he's thank mia so support. but he's not gone kn nick thank you for this is crazy uh, Can Nick has now hit triple digits on what he's given to the patron. Amazing. I just met you. This it. is crazy, but just double digits what you're giving to the Patreon. And thank you so much, Can yeah. Nick. Yeah. Uh, then we got our longtime mod and friend, John. And thank you so much for continuing to give to the patron on top of how you give to uh, just moderating. Also, little plug here. I'm surprised we hadn't said this yet. You should be seeing a new episode of the Carnage Report with our buddy John Den and Cole covering Boom. Point of Light spoilers dude i gotta say real quick i just imagine like some kind of like old adventure serial i know uh, john and you would never say this i'm sorry man don't kill me but like i could just imagine we're like down and out we're having a bad time the, the odds are overwhelming and all of a sudden just from out of the sky just comes the crimson seraph and you look up and you're like oh it's a crimson seraph he looks down and he's like sup fuckers <laughs> no, he would never say that. He would never say that. <laughs> no, Jonathan is basically like if he was a superhero, he's either Captain America or Superman. That's cool. That's very like, admirable, like, though. Like, I guess he's Captain in America. Age, in Age of Ultron, he would be like the. Uh, well, how did that line go? Oh, I like, know the swearing line. You son of a bitch! He's like, uh, did you you kiss your mama with that mouth? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Thank you so much. Next, we got the suavest looking dude ever, Trevor Polky. Trevor Thank you for. 
over a year of support. Incredible, dude. We we want to hang out with you. Trevor, I want to hang out Hopefully with you. I want to play rock band with you. I want you to be like the lead singer and play the bass guitar or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely, he's got hur- hurdles of women around him. <laughs> Next, we got the Shipleys. The Shipleys. WandaVision was great. I don't know if we'll ever do an episode on that, but just finish that. Great show. Thank you for your guys' work on that. Uh, Kirsty, it's so great to see you doing some art again. I feel like I haven't seen that in a minute, and I missed it so much. So you got featured in the community spotlight. Congratulations. Um Dude, I, I love you guys so much. Uh, you guys are great. And Jordan, just uh, getting to interact with you all the time. You were so supportive of my stuff. I say it all the time, but you were so supportive of uh, when I watch a movie or movie reviews and offering your opinion and stuff like that. That means so much, man. I feel like I feel like we're bros and we just haven't even met yet. So I just can't wait. Exactly. 100%. Uh, Dust Storm, you have been a supporter for a long time, and you are like you're like the OG pod, the Halo podcast guy. Like Everybody knows Podtacular. Uh, just thank you for being there. I mean, you shouted us out at like the beginning of the last year or the beginning, or it was the end of last year or the beginning of this year mm-hmm. as being like your favorite, one of your favorite podcasts to listen to. Yeah. And really I genuinely had a man. blast getting to record with you, man. It was such a good time. It really was. And I was like, holy, like guys, you know, if you're tuning in for the first time, go back, listen to check out Podtacular's podcast in general, but also check out, we did a guest appearance on their show and then we did one, yeah. um, having Dustin on ours and they're kind of, they, they kind of work together and, uh, it was just really, really fun to kind of do that. We haven't really done something like that before or uh, since and it was just really unique and he showed us some cool stuff um you know just that he had some memorabilia and stuff it was awesome next we got just like luigi coming up to pass mario and mario kart 8 it's glass trying to pass matthew salvatore as the <laughs> longest running patron he's oh, second glass. to last or second to first i should say Thank you so much for that long. Last, thank you so much for the consistency. That's just amazing to me to think we've been supported that long. You could have fell off at any point, but you're still here. Incredible. And before we get to the line, Josh, I just want before you say the line about Matthew Salvatore, I just want to say it says he's been supporting us since November 24th. That means just a couple weeks after we started the podcast, he became a patron, mm-hmm. gave us that credibility, made us feel like we were actually doing something people liked. And he's still at it. So thank you so much. He's the man who saw Justice League and knew it needed more, ladies and gentlemen. March 18th, it's coming right smack dab through your door. It's Matthew Salvatore. Boom. Thank guys, you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you were here for this, the launch of Halo 3 episode. I'm, this was I'm a fun episode. Tough. I had a good oh, time. I was it was fun. Time. The editing is going to be crazy, yeah. but it's worth it. Um, I, th- I feel like the nostalgia strings that if our hearts have been, been strings have been pulled. I feel like those listening, you can relate, and it's just it was just a completely solid episode. Thank you so much for the voice clips, the ride, and the patron support. Josh and I love doing Sacred Icon. It's one of the one of the biggest blessings of our lives. Yes. Thank you so much, and guys, we are going to see you soon. With we got a lot of stuff in the works, a lot more podcast episodes coming. We love you, know you guys. What? A prophet of truth once said, "All you are, all of you vermin. You are all of you amazing." We love it's you not even true. He did. It don't matter. Yeah. But guys, we love you. And as always, keep it sacred. But you did it. The truth and the covenant, the flood, it's finished. It's finished. I'll drop a beacon. But it'll be a while before anyone finds us. Years, even. I miss you. Wake me when you need me.